The following was recorded in front of a live studio audience at the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe. This is the United Podcast Network. Broadcasting live from the Toscano Cigar Soundstage in Salem, New Hampshire, USA. And broadcasting around the world, this is the Cigar Authority. Transmitting since 2010, the Cigar Authority is the longest-lasting cigar podcast ever. Grab a cigar and light them up, light them up, light them up. This is the Cigar Authority. Light them up, light them up, light them up, everybody. December 12, 2020, live from the the Toscano Soundstage. As a cigar retailer and lover of cigars, I always wanted to train my customers, train them to know my hours, train them to come in often, and train them to take my advice. All of this training to make their overall experience better. Today, we're going to talk to dog trainer, cigar smoker, and podcaster Scott Williams. Welcome, everybody, to the Cigar Authority. And you're listening to the Cigar Authority, now in its 11th year, making it the longest continually running cigar podcast. Awarded the Ambassadors of Cigars by Cigar Journal Magazine. Awarded the Top 10 Educational Podcast by Podbean four years in a row. The Cigar Authority is the most listened to cigar podcast in the world. Cigar Radio at its finest. The Cigar Authority is a proud member of the United Podcast Network. And you catch the podcast on demand at any time or our daily blog at thecigarauthority.com. Joining us is Scott Williams. He and his wife, Jess, host the Quirky Dog Podcast right here at the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe. And um, I was uh, lucky enough to be on their show almost a year ago, right? It was a it Christmas was, episode. New Year's. New Year's Day. New Year's Day. Okay. Yeah. And uh, we shared a cigar. A first cigar for you uh, at that time? It, it was. I, I, I mentioned that at that time. I had had the Tijuana Small Cherry yes. in the third grade, I think. That was, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Wow. That was the first cigar, I think, if you want to call it that. Cigarello, maybe. Wow, I didn't have my first cherry to fourth grade. Here we go. <laughs> and, uh, and, uh, <laughs> and it wasn't super popular then either. Then it, everybody wanted the Marlboro cigarette. Yes. All the elementary, you know, that was the big sure. push. The Marlboro sure. Man. Um, and this was a real cigar because that's not... That's not a cigar. Yeah, not necessarily a cigar, but uh, but it's to my brown, in- kind of like a Morse cigarette. That's yes. almost like okay. That's like <laughs> that's and, as close to a cigar as I got. And then as time went on, I'd see it come up, and the next thing you know, there's a cigar there, and you've been smoking a cigar. Yeah, you pretty know, much it, ever since. It's an acquired taste, I think, and that's part of the um, reason, maybe, why it's slow to catch on. I think for me, I. Um, I've been to you know a handful of weddings where people are handing out cigars. Yeah, I gave cigars to. I was at my brother's wedding and my kids sm- asked if they could smoke a cigar. They were like nine and ten years old. I said I don't care. I didn't think they were going <laughs> to. I didn't think they get hooked on cigars. It was an outdoor <laughs> wedding, so my kids were all smoking cigars and running around, and I had no interest because the smell didn't appeal to me. And the other thing about cigars, one of the reasons I think as an adult that I always kind of steered clear of them, is because I was a heavy tobacco smoker. From I was in the military out of high school, and from there until my wife was pregnant with my first kid, I smoked a pack to a pack and a half of Camels, camels. every day. Every Thank day. you for your service. Fil- yeah. fil- filters or not? Yeah, they were filters. All right. yeah. yeah, I wasn't crazy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I used to smoke Lucky Strikes without the filter. Yeah, so, I mean, that's a real addictive thing. Yeah. That nicotine is so friggin' addictive that I didn't want to get anywhere yeah, near. Because yeah. it was the hardest thing I ever quit, and I... Yeah, as you know, I haven't drank alcohol in 30 years. Right. 
the tobacco was way worse, way harder than alcohol. No kidding? Okay. Because it's actually a physical addiction with nicotine. All right. And so for that, that being said, it's like, why push? I don't want to get near nicotine or tobacco because it was dangerous and I didn't want to get back hooked into it because in the past I'd quit smoking for a year and then smoked like two cigarettes, drinking a beer. And yeah. by three days later, I'm back to a pack a day. Yeah. Like that's how quick it creeps and, up. On and for, the, for those out there... You end up smoking a cigar, and you're not getting that nicotine. Right. So I, I, um, I think finally what happened is I'm at a point in my life when uh, I decided to have a cigar here where I don't feel, I guess, I don't know what you'd call it, spiritually or emotionally susceptible to any type of addictive behavior yeah. anymore. I just okay. feel like I'm kind of stabilized as a human. Yeah. And uh, that being said, I'm not going to have a casual cigarette because I'm not going to mess with yes. nicotine. Mm-hmm. But I said, yeah, let's, let's have a cigar. And I've had buddies. And the other thing is when I was a kid and right up until I was an adult, you could smoke in restaurants. You could smoke yeah. in bars. So if someone lit up a cigar in a restaurant, if you didn't like cigar smoke, it kind of sucked for you. Right. Because that stuff's <clears throat> permeating through the whole friggin' restaurant. And cigarette people tend to not like cigars, and yeah. cigar people tend to not like cigarettes. And Scott, what about airplane smoking? Yeah, it was brutal. That was a thing. Brutal. <laughs> I went to Europe on Lufthansa. Oh, boy, Lufthansa. And all I have is a line in the middle of the plane. Sure. Smoking in the well, front or no smoking you know, in the back. You know what they had? So they got me sitting here and four, 50 guys smoking heavy they, all the whole freaking They actually flight. had a little card that attached to the, the first seat in yeah. the smoking section. And I was on a Lufthansa flight, and they didn't have any smoking. So I had the row in front, and I said to her, oh, do you have any empty space? She said, I will fix it. And she just took the card and moved Moved it up a row. (laughs) Oh, my God. Yeah, nothing will bother you over here. It's crazy. Well, unfortunately, as a cigar retailer, there is no addictive quality when it comes to premium cigars. And I say that, unfortunately, uh, because here we are in the wintertime, consumption drops dramatically. But there is a nice psychological addiction to smoking that I Oh, it's relaxing. It's enjoying. It's uh, a great way to get outside and sit and do nothing. And that's something people have a hard time with these days just doing nothing that's why maybe maybe it lends itself more towards a retired an older person yeah. that doesn't have to be and i think it is an acquired taste you don't see kids ever getting into it they they, they don't kids don't end up wanting it like like your 10 year olds notwithstanding of course as, as a young kid <laughs> break you, them in early <laughs> you weren't drinking scotch when you were a kid you were drinking beer or whatever right. it was and that, right. that's Champagne. how it comes to the air that's you know, it's yeah. a different product. All right, so let's light up. Barry, what are we smoking for us here? Well, first, the chat room says you missed a, a golden opportunity with this brand. Uh, I want to be a Camacho man. Oh. For, for I, when I first saw that, I thought Macho Camacho, the, ah. the boxer. So today's first cigar oh, is a the, wrestler. Today's first cigar <laughs> is the Camacho Nicaragua, and it's manufactured in Honduras by Camacho. The size that we're smoking is... Uh, it's supposed to be the 5x50 Robusto, but it features an Ecuadorian wrapper, Honduran binder, and fillers consisting of Dominican Republic, Honduras, and Nicaragua. It is part of the Cigar Authority Care Package, and a single cigar will set you back $8.79, while a box of 20 is $154.99, which comes out to just $7.75 per single, which is a savings of almost $21 or 12% off the box price on twoguyscigars.com. If you're too far away from a brick-and-mortar retailer that carries it, try twoguyscigars.com. 
That's the number two, GuysCigars.com. Well, that's interesting because you gave it to me. You gave yeah. me the care package, yeah. and this is what we have in it. This and is I, the Toro. Yeah, I had asked Ed yesterday. I said, what size did we put in the uh, care package? And he said the Robusto, so I did the notes up for the Robusto. You're throwing Ed under the bus. I am throwing Ed under the bus All on right. this one. Ed, I think you should have him actually physically pack some of those packs, and, <laughs> and then he'll, he'll know forget. what it is. <laughs> He, he does about a 1,000 or so of them, and then all of a sudden he ends up figuring out what he's got. All right, it's time to cut our cigar. The official cutting brought to you by our friends at Perdomo Cigars. Perdomo, the brand, while all other brands were raising prices, Perdomo cut out the federal S-chip tax and actually lowered them. Perdomo Cigars, they stand for quality, tradition, and excellence. Excellence. All right. So. I'm not used to cutting without the... Uh the training wheels on the back. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You did good. Cold drawers, prunes, and cookie dough. So, Scott, you take a draw, a hit of the, off the cigar before you even light it? Yeah. Good. Because there's a taste, right? You know that? Yeah, I was disappointed when I had to light it. You know the... He, he's got the prunes. Yeah. I don't know about the cookie dough. Well, you, you got to think in terms of cookie crisp cereal. If that were a cookie dough... That's what's going on here. I don't think so. Starting to sound like you're growing weed now. <laughs> Cannabis with the cookie cookie dough. I think it's uh, that pruny, pruny taste. I, I think he nailed it with the prunes. Yeah. We're going to light our cigar today with the Vertigo Intimidator. The Look Vertigo Intimidator features four color-changing jets fueled by the patented Vertigo Big ass tank. At the bottom, you have easy adjustment and a chain that holds the cap all for the low price of $24.99. That's the Vertigo Intimidator. And if you're doing a creme brulee or something, you're all set here. That's a yeah. nice lighter, man. 25 bucks? Are you kidding I, me? You know, I used my uh, torch lighter on my turkey this year to, to brown up that skin. Did you? <laughs> there you go. There you go. Didn't last too long. I had to refill the tank. Yeah. Mm. I made a little, uh, I did. I do a torched tuna steak, and I use my lighter for that. Oh, yeah. Mm. And I, I have used them for creme brulee. Yep. So the Quirky Dog Podcast. Um, you are dog trainers. We are. We were, we were and still are hands-on. I am a dog trainer, and i um, been doing it since uh, 2001 in that range. 19 years. Started out in Los Angeles, and uh, I was a roofing contractor, and I got into the dog training uh, as a way to get away from work. And of course, as soon as I see something that looks like there's potential to turn it into a, a profitable opportunity, Good. it becomes work. So you had your own dog? You trained your dog yourself? Yeah, I, I got involved with the dog training for competitive, like competitively doing dog sports, protection sports, uh, I was wearing a, putting on the big bite suit, having oh, really? police dogs attack me. Oh, my. All that kind of stuff. For fun. For fun. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, well, I like that uh, adrenaline rush. Yeah, but that'll and, do it. <laughs> and I, I had my veterinarian, he was asking me, why the hell would you do that? You know, and uh, I hadn't really thought about it, but I think it's, a, it's an issue that ties into the, the smoking cigars mm. also about being present. And it's easy for me, you know, or anybody, you have a lot of bills, a lot of responsibilities, you get caught up living in your head and not being in the present moment. 
and either living in the past or thinking about the future uh, and just having a lot of stress all the time. And Scott, what did your psychiatrist say about it? Yeah, and I didn't believe in psychiatry. That yeah. <laughs> so, and no, I, I, wasn't, I wasn't drinking. All I was doing was trying to raise a young family, build a business, mm -hmm. and I was working seven days a week. My wife was, when she got pregnant, you know, I heard someone talk about how that kind of flips a switch in, in people yeah. about having to now make Real. some money. Yeah, yeah. you got to really take care of a family. It's not just you anymore. And I went crazy. I went from really, literally being homeless at one point, drinking and being an idiot, yeah. to quitting drinking, uh, meeting a girl, getting married, starting a business. Um, she got pregnant uh, two years after we got married. And that's when I just really, really focused on the work seven days a week. You know, and we bought a house in a couple of, like three years. And then we had two more kids. And it just kept piling on and piling yeah. on. You know, like you think that's what you're supposed to be doing in life. Yeah, Next thing during, you know, you're totally stressed so out. Your life sucks. During all this, you thought to yourself, I should have uh, an 85 to 125-pound Rottweiler running full speed directly at my throat where the only thing protecting me is a padded suit and my forearm. You know, psychologically, that makes sense to me. Yeah, <laughs> fair enough. I think there was a, a part of that was that I was not happy with my life at the moment, and I wanted to get pummeled. Like, I was yeah. allowing myself to get beat Some up in go, certain ways. Some people go see girls with uh, leather suits on and stuff. Yeah. And Maybe in a sense. Up. But yeah. what, what wound up happening was I became really, really interested in helping the dog become the biggest monster it could be, rather than being the macho guy that gets bit by mm. dogs and look at how tough I am. I wanted these dogs to get stronger and stronger and stronger. So that when they were out in the real world, and they go up and their handler says, go bite that guy. And that guy's standing there with a 12-inch kitchen knife. He's yeah. going to kill the dog. And the dog just happily just charges just right in and does it, you know? Yeah, yeah that's, the mean, whole, that's the point of that, that stuff. That was always my favorite part of cops when they turn, oh, it sucks turn the dog. their dog loose <laughs> yeah. on them. Yeah, but that got me in the... Mo like, and then again, with my obsessive personality, I got more and more into it. My dad is the one that said, you know, why don't you go get a hobby? He came out to visit me in California. Okay. He goes, you're friggin', this is too much. Why don't you, you need to take a little break. You need to... At least get something, get away from this for at least one or two days a week, you know. And he, he's big on criticizing. So that's the only thing he could come up with was about my life. Wait, the only I, thing is you shouldn't work too much. Dave's your dad? Yeah. Right, right. <laughs> so, you know, I started, and up to that point, I wasn't responsible enough. Not up to that point, but uh, since I had done a lot of partying up through my teens and 20s, I knew I wasn't responsible enough to have a dog and keep a dog in my life, you know. Yeah. So that's why I didn't do it. When everything was stable, I had a home, I had kids, I thought, Don, you know, I'd like to get a dog in the house. And uh, uh, we got a dog in the house, but it wasn't a, a, a protection type dog. We got a big mastiff that the kids could jump up and down on. And yeah. the dog was totally solid with kids, you know. So how does one become a dog trainer? You have to go to school to do this? Or? Well, the good news and the bad news is it's an unregulated industry. Okay. Which I love being a more conservative type of person. I don't like to be overregulated by yeah. states, cities, sure. states, governments, you know. So I was able to just, when I got to a point where I had trained and competed with enough dogs that I was confident that I had just enough information to get myself in trouble, basically, sure. you know. I uh, just had a website built. I had the roofing company going, and I just, in the off season of roofing, when there's a, you know, in the summer, nobody thinks about roofing. It's dry. It's hot. I just started pushing the dog training. 
See if I could just offset that little slow time in the roofing business. Does it become a learn-as-you-go type of thing? And you, you try this, try this, try this. Well, that worked. Okay, just keep doing that again. Oh, the dog with, bit my throat. With, with I'm dog training, try that yeah. differently. There, it's not – there's certainly more than one way to teach a dog to sit. And if you're a decent dog trainer, you should ideally have 10 different ways to teach a dog to sit. Okay. In case the first one didn't work because and the second one didn't work. I had, it's nice to have some – that's where the experience starts to give you – more had, than one way to, to do it. I had an Akita. He was mm-hmm. very, very tough. And um, he, he, you know, we had him as a baby. And as he grew, he became very territorial and he became a different dog. And now we had to get behavioral specialists. And when we did that, I brought him to a few different people. Yeah. And each one did completely sometimes the opposite right, of, a lot of what the other ones do. Different and I go, approaches. well, this is very interesting because somebody has to be wrong and somebody has to be right, I was thinking. Mm-hmm. If this guy said, no, this is the way we're doing it, and the other guy says, no, this is the way we're doing it, I'm like... The guy missing fingers, he's the one doing it wrong. Yeah, don't do it that way. Yeah. No, I think that it's, uh, it's, it's a very gray area. Training dogs, they all have different temperaments, different things that drive them and motivate them. So one approach doesn't necessarily yeah well because you have some dog. dogs that are, that are very reward driven they want the treat they want it they want the treat they want the treat they want the treat other dogs want the affection so you know the dog that wants a treat it's not going to be uh, trained by somebody that's petting them and saying good job buddy give him the treat yeah and some dogs really don't have much interest in working with people at all they were bred to run loose through the woods chasing and treeing a raccoon right. They don't want to be doing all this warm, fuzzy crap. They want to go out and run it through the woods. Well, as you know? an employer, this is how it is with my employees. Some people like to be patted on the back. Some people right. like to be coin-operated and, you know, here's some extra money if you do this or whatever. And it's and it was Ed Sullivan, actually, who employed a lot more the, people than I did. The coin-operated. Then explained to me that your big mistake <laughs> is you try to treat everybody the same. Yeah. And that's not the case. And when it comes to dogs, you're training a different dog today. You have to now say, oh, this dog is different. His temperament is different. I'm going to treat him differently than I did the last dog. Is that correct? Well, you just got to look at the dog that's in front of you. That's why it's so hard to... Uh, train dogs through the internet or through a book. Through through an online course uh, is better than a book. But the book, you read it, it makes perfect sense. And then you go try to apply it, the dog's looking at you like, what the hell are you doing? Yeah. It's just not, it's not happening for for, for whatever reason. Well, and not with every dog. The but dog probably didn't read the book. Yeah, the dog did, wasn't on the same page. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> you read it to him, it's just not kicking in. Yeah. Um, can you teach an old dog new tricks? Well, you know, it's, uh, uh, yes, you can, but what I have found is that with the older, it, if you took an old dog, put it in a new house with people that lived a totally different lifestyle than the previous yeah. dog's household, the dog would assimilate to the new lifestyle. Would. It'd have no choice. Yeah. It just, it would do it. Well, you see that with rescue dogs. Yeah, they just, they got to deal with what's going on there. So it's not that they can't learn, it's just that it's hard to stop someone's bad habits that owns that dog. So really, you're, you're you're training more the owner than you are training the dog in most it's cases. It's definitely a fifty-fifty. Yeah. So again, back to the analogy of people that you know, there's a big pushback when something's new. Uh, the employee doesn't want to, things to change, but now we have this new computer system. This is the way it has to change, and there's a big fight to it. But eventually, they have no choice. They have to 
Or they're going to get, get rid of the dog. It's interesting that that's or get what rid you, of the employee, right? Yeah, right. We'll get rid of the That's employee. what you took out of that instead Absolutely. of instead of we need to train the owner to be nicer to Jonathan. That's what I heard. I don't know why. No, that's not what I heard at all. <laughs> that's not what I heard at all. Um, so you are a trainer, and your wife is a trainer. You yes. met her as a trainer. Yes. Different styles? Totally different styles. Totally different styles. So She's warm and fuzzy and non-compulsive, doesn't use corrective tools like pinch, traditional pinch collars, yeah. electronic collars, uh, any of those type of things. She wasn't raised. Her foundation is not with those type of tools. My foundation is with those type of tools. So we both bring two different uh, sides of the equation. To the to same th dog? Sometimes. Really? Okay. But she's taught me an awful lot about... Um, her methodology of training and, and train dog training as a science. And I've taught her about um, how to use these different tools that I use. And um, together, I think uh, it's for the better of the dogs, for yeah, sure. They, they, get, for sure. They, they get the best of both worlds? Yes. Or in some cases, would you say, nope, this one, I'm going to handle this dog. You have nothing to do with this dog. Uh, usually the dog will tell us that. <laughs> Yeah, if okay. the dog has a lot of aggression issues. But not verbally. It becomes Yeah, my wife isn't going to be dealing with that if the dog is going to be, you know, right. So you her. get the toughest ones. Yeah, and that's that's the nature of the business. Right. I mean, I don't need to t even bring that dog. I don't need to work with that dog at all if I don't want to. That's a business decision. Okay. And, uh, you know. Well, how many and that happens. How many do you turn away? I usually don't. There's very few dogs I'll turn away. There's more people I'll turn away than dogs. <laughs> that makes sense. Because, I, you know, one of the reasons that the business goes well, and I learned this, I think, from other businesses, and we've talked about mm -hmm. this being having had many different businesses over yeah. our lives, is that uh, um, the people have to be on the same page. I want to get the people's, um, what's going to happen on the other end? I need to get their expectations in alignment. That's the very first thing, before any money changes hands. And uh, I always under pro try to under-promise, over-deliver. Yeah. Always, right. always. No matter what it is, because you're never going to have a disappointment if you're if you get the people to think it's not going to be as good as what I was hoping, yeah. and then it's better. That's sure. great, you know. Yeah, and but you, you, and you look fabulous. Yeah, and you got to have some confidence to to kind of approach the sale that way, because nobody, everybody wants to sell. There, you know, people get. And I was like this when I first started the dog training. I just took every dog that came in and give me your credit card and yeah. But I wasn't really listening to people. I just needed dogs, and it was a business, and I needed to get this business going. And I trained the dogs, but then the people, some of the people were not happy because they didn't realize their part in this whole equation on the other end. Because I didn't spend enough time um, preparing them for what they will need to be doing. So, for example, if a, if a mom comes in with two or three little kids in diapers and this crazy dog and says the dog's peeing and pooping all over the house and I can't do anything, i got three kids... I can't fix that problem for that lady. She doesn't have the time to have a puppy or a dog. Yeah, right. She's got three babies in diapers. So, you know, I mean, and then I, and I would sit down and walk her through the whole thing and say, this is not, it doesn't look on the surface like this whole situation is going to work for you. And, you know, people are realistic. They become less demanding. Yeah. You know, and sometimes it's like, well, what will work? What can we do here to make this work? And it's bringing the expectations down. I'm not just going to fix your problem. Right. I'm going to help you make your, because your you, household more harmonious. You hang, you hang on to this dog for a while. It stays with you. Or I'll go do classes at their house okay. once a week. And they'll say, well, realistically, what's going to happen after you're here four times in a month? 
and then you leave. And I'll say I don't, have, I don't have any idea what yeah. the hell's going to happen at your house. <laughs> Not the answer they're looking for. Yeah. Now. I said, well, I'm going to be here one hour a week. What are you going to do with the rest of your yeah. week? I don't know. So you have to somewhat train them. Yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get the dog doing the behavior. And then I'm going to get them in there, hold the leash, do the behavior in front of me before I leave, make now, sure you're doing it. Yeah. Now practice that for a week. I'll be back next week. So That's you're, it. You're, train, you're training them. Yeah. Well, no. I mean, I got to train the dog to not drag them down the street. Yeah. But then I need to show them how I train the dog to not drag <laughs> me down the street so it doesn't drag them down the street. Be, so, so he ends up doing it, and, the, and their behavior goes back to the way they were doing it before, and the next thing you know, the dog's dragging them down the street again. Usually immediately. Immediately. Mm-hmm. Wow. Mm. So it's not easy, but it does, you know, I, I, I do tend to take it more personally now when people don't learn. Because, uh, you know, like it or not, I'm a teacher. That's my right. friggin' role as a teacher. Yeah. And a teacher is only as good as the students. Yeah. How good are the students? Yeah. If they all suck, it must be the teacher. <laughs> yeah. I can't blame the people all the time. I need to find out for each person, what is it that's going to help you Oh, I've got some click. ammunition from this interview on Dave now. This <laughs> yeah. is great. Well, I mean. Is, is there such a thing how as, can as, I, as a bad dog? <laughs> Oh, yeah. There's friggin' plenty of dogs that should be put down immediately. The dog mm. is bad to begin with, yeah. and that's it. You got a bad one, and yes, you, and you say it. To I have them. no problem saying that. There's and, bad dogs out there. And you say it to them? Sometimes, yeah. Yeah? Yeah. It doesn't go well, right? Oh, no. It depends on the... Sometimes they're grateful that I tell them that. All right. That someone's been honest with them. All right. You know, instead of other people making it sound like it's always their fault. Yeah, yeah. You know, there's, um, there's no-kill shelters in the country that are rehoming and playing like hot potato with aggressive dogs. The dog bit some kid in this house right. in Texas. They ship it over to South Carolina. They yeah. don't tell anyone what's going on. They put that dog in a house with other kids. It bites another kid. There's stuff like that going on yeah. all, all over the country. Hey, Scott, we got a question from the audience. This yeah. is from Doug. He wants to know if you whisper to the dogs. The dog whisperer. <laughs> I do, if I don't want their owner to know what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> when, when you're talking bad about the owner, yeah, you just yeah. bring it down. Yeah, hey, listen. Yeah. Your owner's a real piece of shit. <laughs> do dogs like cigars? Cigar smoke? Smell? You know, I think, I, and we talked about this briefly, but I think that uh, my dog is starting to appreciate it. Okay. Because all summer, I'd go outside, not every day, but I usually went out, oh, I probably smoked... On average, probably two cigars, uh, uh, let's say five a month, five or six a month, yeah. probably more like eight. I smoke one a week here, guaranteed, in the podcast, and then I would smoke one at home. I smoke two cigars a week is kind of what I've been smoking. So, And the other one is with the dogs there? Yeah, outside. Yeah. Okay. And I've even sent you pictures. I yep. text you. I'd be yeah. sitting out. My wife is mowing the grass. I'm in the easy chair with my dog smoking the cigar. Talk and about I, living the I know, life. I, that's why I sent Dave a picture. I wonder if the dog would get trained. All of a sudden, you take the cellophane off the cigar and the dog jumps up. Oh, how did you train that's the a, wife to mow the lawn? That's what I want to know. Pavlov's dog, right? That's a fact. I if didn't, I didn't dog, train that. I, I married that. <laughs> if my dog sees that me with a cigar, then he'll go to the back door oh, and definitely. he's ready to go hang out. Yeah. yeah, and Douglas Pendleton agreed because when his dog sees him getting dressed and pick up a cigar, the dog right away knows he's yeah. going for a walk. Nice, <laughs> nice. So you definitely will spend more time outdoors if you're not an indoor cigar smoker. And how about, do you ever train a dog to be a hunting dog and things like that? 
I haven't gotten into that. I, I have used the techniques that hunting dog people use to do directional work with dogs. So you can like tell your dog to go, just go out into the middle of that uh, football field. Yeah. Mm. And then blow a whistle and they stop and look at you and you can do this and he takes a left and he goes over that way. And that's all, fo- that's bird dog stuff. Yeah. But I've used it just in my learning of how to use uh, place boards and electronic collars and all those tools. I've learned a lot of those techniques, but I have not done the bird. It, it's any dog sport you get into is gonna, if you do well at it, there's a, a I have found there's a price and a personal price. Yeah. Because when you get passionate about something, everything else tends to fall away. So the people that I know in dog sports that are typically year after year at the top, you know, at the podium, nationally, internationally, usually their personal life is terrible. Their financial life is terrible. And I'm just saying this just based on people. Yeah, I know. It's like can't, anything. Can't be you, good at everything, right? Well, you get focused on one thing to do that and yeah. be the best. You can't be can't, yeah. taking care of all sort of crap no, all the you time. you can't be you know? the father of the year. Yeah. So, yeah, a lot of time. Uh, Dave? Yeah. Jim Collison has a question. How did the dogs respond to the cowbell being removed from the show? I I, I would say negatively. Jim (laughs) Collison should not be poking the bear up. Right now, the dogs want to attack Jim You know, I I almost brought a cowbell with me, the one from the show. Here we go. Did you discontinue it? We have discontinued it because Jim Jim Collison (laughs) told us to. Yeah. So we have. It was distracting, huh? He said, get rid of the cowbell. It's pointless on a cigar podcast. And now every email that I get says, bring back the cowbell. Well, and Jim takes a lot of abuse in the (laughs) chat room. (laughs) You need need a silent cowbell for the dogs. So we are considering bringing it back. So there's possibilities of of something uh, coming with the air. We're going to see where that goes. Uh, Boy dogs versus girl dogs. Difference? They act different? Like girls do? Definitely. Definitely. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And there's people definitely have a preference. There are some people that have had five female dogs over the past 30 years and other people that only get male dogs. So what's the difference? Uh, I think energy levels are different. Intelligence is different. Uh, Who's the dumb dumb ones? (laughs) The males tend to be a little slower to mature. (laughs) Really? Yeah. And I would say males mature slower than male humans. Yeah, it's very similar. Yeah? Yeah, like, yeah. Uh, Baby girls tend to learn to speak before baby Mm -hmm. boys in humans. Oh, okay. And, uh, you know, I don't know. It's not always, the intelligence isn't always the same, but maturity and uh, what I've found is that females tend to be more twitchy, and I mean that that fast twitch, kind of fast reactivity, uh, which looks great in obedience. So the dog is doing the things and looks super... You know, mm. crisp. Does the female dog, it's a hard time to get them to tell them what exactly what they're trying to say? Is, is there, is, is there a lot of people? This is not marriage counseling. Yeah. Is, is yeah. Like, get to the point? We had, a, uh, we had a breeder on, a hunting dog breeder, about a month ago. And he only, I asked him this question that you're asking me. Yeah. And he only works with females. Wow. He said there's nothing better than a uh, a female that's spayed, adult female that's been spayed for mm-hmm. a working dog. Translation, he likes the bitches. Yeah, well, they, <laughs> the dog is reliable for him and um, probably doesn't a female get... female spayed dog is the best, he says. For, for bird dog hunting. Okay. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, Their attention is just on one thing? Well, the, the uh, spaying is to keep them, I think it's to keep them 
from going into heat twice a year yeah. and then having them not being able to work maybe or whatever goes on during those times. So typically, right. I guess the dogs are bred, then they're spayed, and, and then they work, and Mike, they're good workers. Mike in the chat room wants to know, do male or female dogs bark more? That's like a Dave question. Yeah, it, <laughs> the answer is a female. I was going to say, because they're nervy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because they can be more nervy, they may bark more, yeah. And their bark is worth more than their bite or whatever it is. Well, Obviously, you haven't met my wife. There we go. Yeah. How, imp yeah. how important is eye contact when you're training a dog? Well, I think uh, getting, uh, if you want to say eye contact is the same as getting their attention. You got to get their attention before you, or the likelihood of them performing a behavior for you goes way up if you have their attention before you say the damn so cue. The, the reason I'm saying that is that Jess wanted, that's uh, Scott's wife uh, and partner on, the po on their podcast, The Quirky Dog. She wanted to know what cigars we were smoking yes. on the show two weeks ago. So she grabs me by the elbow turns my body to look directly in her eyes. She trained you. Pay attention. Leaned forward and said, I want to know what cigars you're smoking on the show now. And I got her the cigars. So I feel like she trained me. She but, did. She's used to way, dealing with me. And I appreciate that, problem. Jess. But, <laughs> Big time. By the way, Dave, Jess says, watch it, David Garofalo. Oh, 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 let's be careful. Okay, I want to get to the Don Raphael offer of the day today. Brought to you by Don Raphael Cigars. Everyone has a price. And today's offer of the day is $20. Eat a bag of dog treats. The whole bag? Yeah, it's only little. It's a I've couple eat, ounces. I've eaten a milk bone before, but not a whole Let me box. take a look at this wow. here. And I, and I bought the nice healthy stuff, or are, I thought I did are anyway. Are they keto, though? They're chicken tot recipes. So are they vegan? Natural, <laughs> all natural. Got navy beans in this, sweet potatoes. Sounds delicious. I tried to buy the good stuff. That Paprika. Because Mr. Jonathan wouldn't eat it if it had um, crazy stuff. It's all healthy stuff. Seems good. The only thing I the only thing I would check is is it made in USA or made in uh, Yeah, printed in USA. Printed in the <laughs> USA, so it's good. <laughs> uh, no. Nestle Purina Pet Care Company. I don't know what Mar uh, Maryland, that's just no, that's distribution. Yeah. Well, it doesn't say eating good health. No uh, way. No, no, I'm not saying not to. I'm just. It's probably made in China. Would you eat it for twenty bucks? I probably would because I really don't worry about my personal health. That's not true. I don't believe, Mr. Jonathan. You in this uh, for twenty not bucks? For twenty. It's a lot of food there. You make for 20. that two hundred. I'm it's interested. a lot of food there. Thank I mean, you, Barry. I'm out. This well, has an expiration date on it, June twenty-one. How many ounces you got there? Dave? Three ounces? That's a lot of it. I mean, five ounces. Dave, how about we take it somewhere where you might get a participant, like eat one for 10 bucks or something? I do that now. <laughs> one? It's too no, easy. Oh, yeah, because you're going to, he's going to pop the one and swallow it, and that's going to be the end of it. So you, you got to go through it, man. $25. I'm not, $25. No, I'm not doing it. Barry? I'm out. No, not a chance. Not a chance. I had a milk bone before. No yeah, problem. one milk bone is not three ounces of that stuff. Yeah. You know, All right. But, uh, well, that's the end of that. So when you Maybe say, if you're going to do it for a box of cigars or something. Really? You say that it's, made in, it's probably made in China. Is, well, that, is that a bad thing? Yeah. The, the thing you got to be careful of with a lot of stuff coming in from China is, um, again, dog food being an unregulated industry. They found strychnine in chicken a few years back. There were dogs all over the country getting kidney damage from stuff that was... In the dog food, mm. it was manufactured here, but there was one ingredient 
it was chicken being sent over here from China. So they got to be really and careful. And who's going to taste it? And who's gonna oh, nobody cares. It. It's unregulated. It's for dogs. Nobody gives yeah. a crap. So there is better stuff than other stuff. You oh, would, yeah. The first thing you did is start looking at it. You can you, you can spend. You can go to Costco or Walmart and buy like a almost a hundred pound bag of dog food for twenty five bucks or something. Garbage. Or you can well imagine what's in there. Yeah. And you know you could build a house with that stuff. Probably cheaper than you get what you pay for with dog food. <clears throat> yeah. And then you can buy pre made raw in a refrigerator at a pet food store for like five bucks a pound, which is more than we pay for chicken in the grocery yeah. store and steak. How about feeding the dog real food? That's what we do. That's what you do? We feed uh, yeah, all raw chicken, beef. Right. They're is- not just setting a place at dinner. No, well, we go to the food mart in Boston and we buy 40 pound boxes of chicken wings and all kinds of different meats. So they eat the chicken wings whole? Yeah, we... Because it's not been cooked, so that they're right. not going to split it. They're raw. It's like cartilage. It'll crunch it up. But we also bought a... Uh, and we can't <clears> several raw, years ago. But they can. Yeah, they have much stronger they're stomach acid. Powerful. And they're from point A to point B, getting through their system is very short. With right. us, it takes like two days to yeah. get... That's why... It seems they Speak eat and they yourself. go right out. I'm pretty quick that way. Really? He is. Quick, quick, quick question is we're coming up on a break. Somebody in the chat room wants to know what the hardest breed uh, to train is. Chihuahua. Little shit dogs. Uh, <laughs> wow. They're listening. We're losing Chihuahua. I would say, genetically speaking, the dog that uh, has been bred to work independently from people is going to be more difficult to establish that one on one relationship with. So, if it's a hunting dog that, like a hound, any dog that likes to just run, baying, howling through the woods, uh, they're a little more difficult than a dog that's been bred to do, to work with a person. Like a wolf? Uh, yes and no, different. But yeah, there are yeah. some dogs that are that the wolfishness uh, type of spookiness I've seen in a lot of rescue dogs that just have had no socialization. Like if you get a, a litter of puppies that are born under a barn and they spend the first two years of their life under that barn or around the barn, yeah. someone just dumps a bag of dog food on the ground out there for them, that kind of thing. Yeah. They can be really spooky dogs. They get put on a bus, driven to New England. Some, you know, good person adopts that dog. Yeah. That dog is friggin' crazy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just... It's a wild animal. You're not aggressive, but yeah. acts like a wild animal. Yeah, they're not yeah. necessarily aggressive, but they're hiding, they're suspicious, they're spooky. Yeah. It's a bummer, you know? All right. Uh, so we're smoking Camacho Nicaraguan. Uh, Scott, do you notice t- flavor notes and things with cigars when you smoke, or you just enjoy it? I do, because I definitely get do- uh, cigars I don't like. Okay. So, and it's funny, when I first started, you gave me a case of the La Giana, a yeah. box. Yep. And I tried to give it back to you. Remember, I said, oh, I'm not going to need all these freaking cigars. And, you know, <laughs> I, you gave me one in this box. And I'm just thinking, I'm not going to smoke all these things, you know? But you did. And, and I, then I thought, Jesus, I'm being really rude telling you to take these <laughs> back. After you just freaking gave them to me as a gift. So I've got, oh, no, I'll take them. Thank you. And uh, it didn't catch on right away. I don't think I smoked one. You know, the next yeah. time I went here, you know, I smoked maybe two weeks later or something. But then I, more and more, I said, yeah, it's a nice day. I'm going to sit out, light a cigar. Yeah. And um, and I almost did it more like an obligation to you. You gave me the box. I was sending you pictures of me out smoking a cigar. Out <laughs> yeah, outside. yeah. But then, and that's why I say it's kind of an acquired taste. It's kind of like uh, you, you smoke it. Yeah, it's okay. Well, you know, even, and then your, I even told, your wife smoked it, though. Jeff, yeah. Just she, had it. And then she I had smoked many more cigars than me yes, before I met her. That's what she said. Yeah. yeah. And, but, I, and I see her. 
take a drag on your cigar yeah. all the time. But I tell Jonathan every time I come in, give me five, four or five cigars that I haven't tried before that you would try or that are really decent. That, that's good. And so I can try different ones. And then I wind up finding one. Oh, I really like that one. And that's happened to me through you giving me five different ones, five yeah. different ones. Nice. And then you say to him, you know what I like? Then like I'll, yeah. And then he, he, he gets you know, figures yeah, out just, what, what you're going to like. And I don't keep getting the ones I like either. I might get one of the ones I like, but give me a bunch of different Beautiful. ones. Beautiful. You, know? you got it down. So I yeah. have trained you. And this is the whole idea mm. of that is the way to do it, right? That yeah. is the way to do it. I have thing. one I know. If these all suck, at least this one's good. Sometimes I'll go home with a bunch like that, you know? You, did you... Do you do that with dog food with the dog to try no. to figure out what they want? No. No, I don't I know it's all crap. Yeah. I just I want the dog to eat and usually, you know, and this is kind of crazy and a lot of dog people do this. They treat their dog better than they treat themselves, which why anybody would do that, it doesn't make sense yeah. logically to treat a dog better than it, you treat yourself. To some of them it's like their child, right? It is, but still, if yeah. you're going to give your dog the best food money can buy, why am I sitting there eating a bowl of ice cream? Yeah. You know, I'm just eating a bunch of crap, but my dog has to eat good stuff. Yeah. You know, and the thing is, the dog's, maybe it's because the dog's life expectancy is only 10 to 15 yeah. years, and a lot of them are getting cancer really early now. So if just giving them a better dog food is going to extend that dog's life by three years or something... I'm definitely going to give them the best dog food I can get. Yeah, you get 30% more of their life if they get, but that, yeah, goes, that goes for us too. I know, but we think we're going to live forever, yeah. so I'm going to give a shit. Why we not? My goodness. <laughs> All right, we're going to take a break. When we come back, Scott's going to give us some tips on how I can train people. We also have an Avo Fender guitar to give away. We'll do that when we get back. And another prize to offer you, so wait till you see this one. From the people from Camacho. We got that and lots more. We're live in the Toscano Cigar Soundstage, and you're listening to The Cigar Authority on the United Podcast Network. It's funny, huh? To some, tradition is a catchphrase. To us, it's a guiding light. For there can be no great future without reverence for the past. Hammer and Sickle Tradition Series cigars are handmade, employing only time-honored methods. Meticulously crafted of individually selected tobaccos, Tradition Series is a blend of three-year-aged Dominican Viso and Lijero, all finished inside a breathtaking five-year-aged Connecticut shade wrapper. Tradition Series from Hammer and Sickle. Live well. Romeo y Julieta Reserva Real Nicaragua, the Nicaraguan expression of America's beloved brand Reserva Real. Reserva Real Nicaragua is a Nicaraguan puro, meticulously blended by Rafael Nodal and made by AJ Fernandez. The Reserva Real Nicaragua will take Romeo lovers and Romeo novices alike on a journey through premium Nicaraguan tobaccos. Reserva Real Nicaragua. It'll steal your heart again. Surgeon General warning cigar smoking can cause lung cancer and heart disease. It's an exquisite day here at the Jensen Estate patio overlooking the 13th green. And we're underway. Jim Jensen has chosen his favorite stick. The Diamond Crown Number no. 4 by J.C. Newman. See the way he holds the cigar, Tom? Mm. Excellent balance and heft. Ooh, he's eyeing the silky Connecticut Shade Wrapper. Fermented twice for the smoothest, richest flavor. And hand-rolled by the Fuente family with a blend of six to seven distinct Dominican and Caribbean basin tobacco leaves. Each lovingly aged for at least five years. Oh, now Jensen's lighting up the Diamond Crown. He's got a precision burn, Tom. Mm, those highly complex flavors with hints of dark chocolate really deliver, Bill. Yes, like all cigars in J.C. Newman's premium diamond crown line. That'd be the highly rated Maximus and the Julius Caesar. Ah, now Jensen's settling in, rolling the rich smoke through his nose. Look at the satisfaction on his face, Bill. Oh, a thing of beauty, Tom. 
Experience the premium Diamond Crown brand by J.C. Newman at select retailers or Diamond Crown Lounge near you. Find us on Facebook at J.C. Newman Cigar Co. or visit DiamondCrown.com. I want to talk to you today about my friend Glenn Case from Christoph Cigars. I've known him for many years. Glenn is a very nice guy, one of the nicest guys in the industry. Always friendly, always happy. So when I heard his brand Christoph was pissed off, I was surprised. Christoph cigars have always been known as smooth and rich, and the pissed off Christoph is just that. But there's something else happening here. A natural San Andreas wrapper, the binder, Indonesian, and the filler, Nicaraguan. And like Glenn Case, the cigar starts off sweet, but then it gets pissed off. And like Bruce Banner, you don't want to piss off Glenn Case about Christoph cigars. Or do you? Expect some spins and a nicotine kick. Strap yourself in for a ride. Pissed off Kristoff is deceivingly strong. You've been warned. Sold in 10-count boxes. Four sizes including Churchill, 6x60, Robusto, and Corona Gorda. The hottest new brand is the Pissed Off Kristoff. Take it for a ride. Since 1964, Padron Cigars have had the same mission. With over 50 years spent to create a perfect cigar and more than 100 years to create a perfect legacy, the Padron family understands the significance of time. Padron delivers only the finest handmade complex cigars with the flavor of the Cuban heritage, out of which the Padron recipe was born. The Padron mission is simple, exceptional quality of their cigars and not quantity produced as a vertically integrated family-owned company. Personal attention to every detail is taken in all steps of the tobacco growing and cigar making process. Padron Cigars, they give you, the cigar smoker, the confidence that each cigar is the same. Perfect. Padron Cigars, handcrafted since 1964. I want to tell you about my friend Hochi Blanco, a fourth-generation Dominican cigar maker known for growing tobacco and producing highly acclaimed cigars for other people. If some things stay the same, other things have to change. Finally, Hochi's factory, Tobacalera Palmer, has produced the cigar that not only belongs to the factory, but pays homage to the cigar rolling room known as La Galera. The La Galera Connecticut blend is special, using an Ecuadorian Connecticut wrapper surrounding a Dominican blend of Piloto Cubano, Criollo 98, and a varietal that Hochi named T112. With the exception of the wrapper, Hochi grows all of the La Galera tobaccos himself and carefully watches over every step. The flavor smooth, but still offering plenty of flavor in all sizes, paying homage to the people and tools used in the factory. Now for the amazing part. La Galera, Connecticut has a suggested retail price ranging from $4.95 to $6 and has been awarded the Cigar of the Year by the Cigar Authority. La Galera, Connecticut, creating their own version of the Connecticut cigar because they demand more. This is Rafael Nodal from Agent Room Cigars and Tabacalera USA. You're listening to the Cigar Authority of the United Podcast Network. And we have Rafi and Liddell coming on the show in just a little while, but we're back smoking Camacho Nicaraguan with Scott Williams. He's a podcaster, a cigar smoker, and more importantly, he is a dog trainer. Welcome back, everybody. I want to remind everybody that... um 
This Friday is December 18th, and that is the day we're going to start seeing some changes there on Facebook and YouTube. Yeah, that's the date they've announced whether they'll actually start enforcing on that date. We got to wait and see. We got to wait and see. So the next day is Saturday. Next Saturday, we may not be there because we have so much advertising within our show. And they do, we're not going to allow um, at that point any advertising to happen on it. There's advertising, they want to control it and own it and get all the money. So we'll see how, how they, uh, what they do to the Cigar Authority, what they do to your podcast, what everybody's mm-hmm. podcast at that point. But I want to make sure that uh, the listeners that are watching on Facebook or YouTube to make sure you get a podcast subscription, you know, find a podcast catcher, subscribe to the Cigar Authority podcast because maybe next week we're not there or the following week we won't be there. It's coming. So uh, be ready for that. Also find us on MeWe. We're trying to build a community on there on the Cigar Authority. I'd uh, say we've the- got a fairly active community at this point. It's pretty I mean, good. There's, there, there's an active chat room going on. A lot of posts. Okay. Are we getting uh, any flavors here on the Camacho Nicaraguan that we're smoking? I'm driving myself between the musty side, which uh, uh, in Barry's description, there there isn't a whole lot of Nicaraguan tobacco in this Nicaraguan really? Camacho. It's uh, one third of the filler. If, yeah, uh, if, if everything's if that, equal. If, if it's equal. But it's I definitely the, the Dominican tobacco is yeah. coming through with that mustiness. And I'd say even a little bit more on the Honduran side with the tea notes and maybe a little hay or grass. It's a very good cigar, but it doesn't have that classic Nicaraguan. Yeah, it profile. says Nicaraguan, but you would you I'm blinded. You wouldn't, you wouldn't say wouldn't Nicaraguan, it, right? So you know, not sure what the story behind the name was, but um, it doesn't seem Nicaraguan. Okay, all right. Um, well, speaking of the people from Davidoff who who make the Camacho Nicaraguan, they also make a brand called Avo. And we are giving away the Avo Fender guitar. And we had people uh, go on and make a purchase of Avo. And um, with that, we said we'd put all the names inside the little bucket. Uh, your odds are pretty damn good, I'll tell you. Um, but let's give it away. I think Scott needs to yeah. pick it. Reach My in name there. in there? I don't know. We don't if, know. If, if you bought some Avos, Let me look at the name before there. I pull it out. Nah, no, we're <laughs> doing that. What do you got? I have here Kenneth Windman. Kenneth Windman. Valhalla, New York. All right. Kenneth, Kenneth. I'll, uh, I'll reach out to you Monday, and uh, we'll verify your address, and uh, we'll get you your guitar with nice. a free lesson nice. from CigarNinjas.com. There we go. So guitar Ninjas. My brother's uh, still. I'm still doing it. <laughs> yeah. GuitarNinjas.com. Yeah. <laughs> cigar Ninjas. I did the graphic last week, and I kept typing <laughs> Cigar Ninjas, but it's GuitarNinjas.com. My brother still nice. works with Jason Land from Guitar Ninjas. <laughs> And uh, loves it. Loves it. Yeah, he's been doing it now over a year. And he was already he was already an accomplished guitar player, and Jason made him even better. So w- whether you're a ranked beginner, which we saw him at the event, yes. get people that have only – they own guitars, but they've only taken one or two lessons, all the way up to the seasoned veteran. And he made everybody in that room in, in the span of an hour and a half – a better guitar player. Mm. It was. It was. He's awesome. very gifted. It was. It was. A, it was the most fun event I ever did before. Yeah. You had it up here. Yes. Spe- Speaking wow, cool. of Jason Land, this is yeah. Jason Land from Guitar Ninjas. You're listening to the Cigar Authority on the United Podcast Network. Here we go. <laughs> awesome. Damn right. It was great. It was a great. It was a great time. As I said, the whole month of December, we're giving away a prize. 
Um, and this week's prize, Barry, what do you got? Well, this week is a, it's a tank from Camacho that actually is a bar cabinet. Um, you can mount this on your wall. You could have it standing up on, on a bar. Uh, but there's a flask in it, there's glasses, there's everything you need uh, for the cigar pairing experience. This is, those that are just listening to the show, this is like that big tank that goes in, I think, on Jeeps. On the yeah. back of a Jeep, yeah. 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 Pull over and it, make a drink. Yeah, it's <laughs> awesome, man. It's an awesome uh, cabinet. I've never seen anything like it. How many it? gallons of gas will it hold in addition to that, Barrett? Uh, I haven't figured that out. All I could think of at that time was booze. So how does somebody uh, enter this? It's going to be the same uh, the same thing that we did with the Avo with the exception of Camacho. So if you buy uh, three Camacho cigars, you're going to get one chance. If you buy a box of Camacho cigars, you're going to get ten chances, and everything is cumulative. So if you buy nine, you're going to get three chances. If you buy two boxes, you're going to get 20 chances. And uh, there's a link on thecigarauthority.com that will take you right to the Camacho page so you could pick your Camacho of choice. And uh, you could be a winner next week, just like Kenneth was this week. So you do it up until Friday? Up until Friday. I, I leave work at Friday at 5 p.m., so 5 p.m. is the cutoff, and uh, we'll pull the winner on Saturday. And mm-hmm. if that is, your odds are really good, and, and these folks are giving right. these wonderful prizes uh, with just a small amount My, of people that Michael enter. Michael Good points out Jerry Can is what those Jerry are called. Can. Okay. Yeah, and this doesn't work for our stores or anything like this. Is This is just for listeners on the Cigar Authority, so the only person to know that this is going on are people who are listening to the show. So when you make the purchase, you got to put a hashtag, right? Or yeah, you- just put the, you know, Camacho and leave a comment, say Camacho, and uh, we'll enter you to win. Okay, perfect. So that'll happen. Um, Scott, how do we train customers like dogs? <laughs> I want them to come in often. I want them to come. <clears throat> and when they come here, I want them to sit. And I want them to buy. And I want them to actually take our recommendations. If the recommendations are creating a positive experience for them, they will continue doing they, it. They will continue mm. to do it. And uh, not doing it should be more painful than doing it. Ah. Cattle prod? <laughs> my, are we allowed hearing? to do that? Cattle prod? <laughs> I mean, dogs. I say you should try one of these. Dogs do like I said, no, I don't want it. <laughs> dogs want to better their situation. That's why they do stuff. Okay. Or to move away from unpleasant situations to uh-huh. avoid unpleasantness. That's why they work. You know, I think that's why we all work. It's so funny, too, because men are the, the majority of our the carrot and the stick clients are men that walk in because it, when a woman walks in, she is open to suggestion. She wants to know all of the things that are like what she likes. Men are the exact opposite. They know where they're going. They know what they like. And even if they don't know where they're going, they'll find it themselves. Yeah, they don't want to act stupid. They don't want to ask for directions. They, you know, I'll figure this out myself. I'm not trying to be cliche on this. I'm just saying I see it every single day. Just let your guard down a little bit. Have a conversation with your local tobacconist. Mike used to hate me. And now, look, he... He hates you less. A little bit less. Yeah. (laughs) Marginal. (laughs) Marginally, marginally. Uh, As crazy as that is, it's time to take a peek into the asylum right now from our friends at Asylum Cigars. It's time for news from the insane asylum. Odd and sometimes historic news stories that are too insane to be true. Or are they? Brought to you by Asylum Cigars. Take no prisoners. Asylum Cigars are truly flavorful, medium-bodied Nicaraguan cigars with sizes ranging from 4 inches by 44 to the absolutely insane 8 inch by 80. 
Asylum Cigars. <laughs> <laughs> a former Israeli space security chief has sent eyebrows shooting heavenward by saying Earthlings have been in contact with extraterrestrials from the Galactic Federation. The unidentified flying objects have asked not to publish that they are here, as humanity is not yet ready. Haim Eshed, former head of Israel's defense ministry, has stated. Eshed also added that President Donald Trump was aware of the extraterrestrials' existence and has been on the verge of revealing the information, but was asked not to in order to prevent mass hysteria. White House and Israeli officials did not respond to a request for comment. However, Sue Gao, a spokesperson from the Pentagon, has declined to comment. If you had proof of aliens in your 2020 madness pool, you may be right. And that's not only insane, it's asylum. It's ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> ridiculous. That's Greg, Greg Bogus that did um, the intro to the asylum that he does. Right. And we saw him this week, and he is possibly doing a podcast. Yeah, he seems to be considering doing one on New Hampshire. Yes, some crazy stories about New Hampshire, yeah. right? Yeah, it sounded interesting. Very so. interesting. I, I hope he ends up doing it, and we'll, we'll let you know if it does and, and where you can find it. Uh, and speaking of find it, we have um, upcoming shows that are coming on uh, next week. I know uh, Barry was all about this uh, in discussions this morning, is uh, alcohol and cigars. Do they mix? That's what we're going to do. It's a drinking show. show. It's a drinking show, and it's not one drink. It's he turned it into two right off. What <laughs> what, what kind of yeah, uh, what, drink should I bring? Well, I'll bring a couple of different things. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to bring a scotch, <laughs> and I'm going to bring a bourbon. Uh, both are whiskeys um, and a rum. Nah, no rum. Mm -hmm. uh, it's going to stay inside I, of his diet. I have a full bottle of Florida Conyer at home, so we'll bring the rum. We've now made it three different yeah, pairings. So, uh, so this is going to be a shit show, but I'll, I'll mention, so you know. I'll mention on MeWe uh, tomorrow in the chat uh, exactly which liquids we are doing, so if people want to do it along with us, they can. Beautiful. And it'll be just on MeWe. Just on MeWe. So uh, you got to go to MeWe and find the cigar authority. Should I start taking my clothes off now, or should I wait until I get half in the bag? Yeah, last time you he should, got half in his bag, and he stripped. At least show. sit mid-stage, because I'm still scared. Guard. He was sitting there in his underwear. Yeah, was this not the, was the dark web we're talking it about. Oh no, terrible. this was this was all white. <laughs> so the chat room is one hundred percent in agreement on how strong this cigar is on a scale of one to ten. They, are they and saying we, five? And, and we never agree. So I'm curious how strong you think this cigar is. This is a six. I was going to say six. And, and I don't know anything. That's what everybody in the chat room is saying. Six. Six. Really? We're all in agreement. For Give the yourself first time. a bell, Dave. I will. I'll take that. <laughs> six. It's obviously a six. Um, oh, the following week is going to be December 26th is we announce the Cigar of the Year. So Wrap up your contenders. Wrap Get it your up. votes in. If, if you're going to vote, the time to vote is this week to, to, yep. to wrap it up. I would like you to smoke all seven cigars before you do that, but you have the information where you do that vote on your contenders pack. Are there any contenders pack left? Uh, there is. So we pulled some back from other stores because we were in the single digits. Okay. Uh, I think as of yesterday, it was 13 or 14. Left. All right. So if you, if you want to jump in. But, but you, you got to smoke fast. Yeah, yeah, and order it via UPS because if you order through the post office, you you're not get getting it until January. What I will, early 
uh, indications, early numbers, it's very, very close. Very close. I shared it with you yesterday. Everybody's almost the same. This is the closest I've seen it in the five years that we've taken part. We we got it right because they're all great. All these cigars in the contenders pack are great. It's gonna be it's gonna be down to the wire. So it's gonna be uh, interesting. I'm hearing from people saying that that you know it's the opposite of way they should be voting, but they're saying, oh, I didn't like this one. They liked everything else in the pack. So I just didn't out. like, yeah, I just didn't like that one. But that okay, doesn't well, help you, us. You got to pick the one six. you like the most. There's a lot of people that give me one through seven. They give me the ranking of oh, all really? seven, and I actually enjoy reading that. All right, because um, I've been pretty much in agreement with the majority really? of the one through seven, but mm-hmm. we're only counting the number one. Number one, and everybody's going to come in second place. So that's how it's going to work here because because they're less, all losers. Yeah, it's less bullshit we got to deal with. Where you know, I, they, they called me up after, and how did I come in? I say you come in second because they all came in second except for the person that comes in first. So anyway, that that'll be fun to see how that turns out. That's December twenty sixth, uh, the day after Christmas. We'll announce that, and then we are geared up. For next year, we got yeah. some surprises. We got some great stuff coming up next year. So, uh, obviously, stick around for that. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast on the audio podcast itself because we may disappear. Hopefully, not, dun, but dun, we may dun. disappear. We're gearing up and getting ready. And that is the Quirky Dog podcast, in case they weren't sure. <laughs> yes, absolutely. And I, and I know they are. Our listeners are going to wonder what this Quirky Dog thing is and who your wife is and all that. Uh, you did very well. She's by not the way. stripping down, yes, by the way. She's hot. You did very well. You cost me a fortune. Yeah, no, I'm just... it was worth every penny. With the first wife, it cost a fortune. Yes, <laughs> but you, you, much younger than you. A little bit. A little bit. <laughs> because you're close to my age. I'm uh, prematurely gray. Yeah. You're close to my age. And you, did, you did damn good. You did. I'm very well, proud of you. You, you did good. There's a us. price with everything. Yeah. As you know. Dave. All right. Final thoughts here on the Camacho Nicaraguan. What do we think? Uh, it's, for me, it's a very straightforward cigar. Not much has changed. It's earthy. A little bit of cedar. And uh, I'm getting a little subtle pecan on the retrohale. Pecan. Pecans. I, I would say if you if you're not smoking cigars yet, this is a good first cigar. This is a good medium it's body good, yeah. cigar. It's not too strong. It doesn't have any very approachable. Yeah, and you know, a lot of cigar stores tend to, in my get, opinion, get a new customer in and they want to bring them on to very very light cigars. Mm-hmm. Well, you you haven't indicated anything at that point. I like to go more medium and then say, would you like this to be stronger or milder? We got a place to go. Right. You put them very very mild, and there's no way to go at that point. They say, oh, you got something even milder than this. Oh my God, you're in trouble. There's nothing offensive right. with, the, with the strength of it. It's not nope. bothering. No, and there's no anybody. one flavor profile that's sticking out where it would turn anybody off either. Yeah, the flavors are very. I'm, I'm being picky and saying I'm getting a little bit of must and a little bit of hang and tea. Yeah, just and with Barry and the cedar, I can I can give them that. But there's no one note that's saying, okay, this is what this cigar is. It's o- overpoweringly it's very, pepper. Yeah, it's slight. It's there a little flavor bit. Flavor balanced. Yeah. Can I ask a question, a yes. flavor question real quick? Sure. Uh, is it the Camacho that does the, some of the barrel aging with some of their stuff? Yes, they do. Um, but there's no pre-use of the barrel, right? Yes. Not, yeah, the barrel it, would normally be used in, with bourbon. Oh, so they, they do want to infuse a little bit of bourbon into the into that aging process, into the flavor. Yeah. And you'll barrel. notice on, on those particular ones that you're... I don't know if they want to get just oak into the flavor rather no. than... It's a mm. barrel that has been charred at some point, so you'll right. also get a little more smoke... Mm. Yeah. yeah so. It's American barrel age, so they're using the bourbon yeah. barrels. Yeah. All right, let's take a break. When we come back, Rafael Nadell has had a busy year as the face of Altadis. There's a new owner, 
what is going to change over there? One thing that surely don't change is um, the next cigar we're going to light up. This cigar is historic. And talk about just getting it in under the wire. It got under the wire. We have it. And we're going to... Uh, basically announce it to the world when we get back. We're live in the Toscano Cigar Soundstage, and you're listening to The Cigar Authority on the United Podcast Network. Are you a member of the Cigar Authority Care Package? Well, if not, the time, my friend, is now. For just $24.99, you'll get four premium cigars delivered to your door each month, and we'll smoke each one of those cigars on the Cigar Authority Podcast with you. I don't know if that's really a benefit. Sure it is. We will judge the construction, flavors, and review the cigars, and you can see how right or wrong we really are. You might be surprised. Four premium cigars delivered to you for $24.99, and you can quit any time, but you won't. The value is incredible. Want to take the Cigar Authority Care Package to the next level? Sign up or upgrade to the Cigar Authority Care Package Prime. For just $5 more, you get an extra cigar and usually something special. That's five cigars each month, all different. Find the Cigar Authority Care Package on thecigarauthority.com and sign up today. The Cigar Authority Care Package. Aging Room 4 Nicaragua Maestro. Named Cigar Aficionado's number one cigar of the year with a 96 rating. Is a complex Nicaraguan puro carefully blended by Rafael Nodal and made by A.J. Fernandez. As Cigar Aficionado described it, every puff is an overture of flavors that's at times heavy and rich with notes of dark chocolate and wood, and other times subtle and understated with hints of fine caramel and toasted almonds. Treat yourself to an aging Room 4 Nicaragua today. Surgeon General warning cigar smoking can cause cancers of the mouth and throat even if you do not inhale. You've heard us talking before about the best cigar magazine in the world, Cigar Journal. You want to know what makes Cigar Journal the best cigar magazine? Cigar Journal covers every angle of the cigar world, from exclusive stories and features, insightful interviews with industry power players, detailed cigar reviews, and of course, all the latest news and reports surrounding premium cigars. We're telling you, you will be impressed. Cigar Journal has stunning images, explanations of cigar science basics this is the magazine for any cigar enthusiast or better yet passionado cigar journal covers cigars in the u.s and around the world and is printed right here in the usa you owe it to yourself to discover the world's best cigar magazine cigar journal available at your local cigar retailer and on the web at their new website cigarjournal.com that's cigar journal let me tell you a little bit about the Rocky Patel 15th Anniversary Cigar, or what they call the Three-Peat. Crafted in Rocky's boutique Nicaraguan factory, the 15th Anniversary was released in 2010 to commemorate Rocky Patel's 15th year in the cigar industry, and it impressed right out of the gate. The Robusto and the Torpedo both scored 93 points in Cigar Aficionado, while the Toro and Corona Gorda both notched 92 points. The Rocky Patel 15th Anniversary is a robust cigar with notes of toasted spice, roasted coffee, and almonds. 
Rocky Patel himself has referred to his 15th anniversary as the decade on steroids. The 15th anniversary has also been named to Cigar Aficionado's Top 25 Cigars of the Year list on three separate occasions. Rocky's only brand to accomplish the three-peat. Rocky Patel's 15th anniversary. Rocky Patel's 15th anniversary. Rocky Patel's 15th anniversary. The La Galera Habano uses a classic wrapper on a staple cigar for a classy company. Hi there. This is David Garofalo of the Cigar Authority. And I want, no, no, I need to tell you about La Galera Habano. The La Galera Habano is an authentic cigar elaborated with the hands of the best cigar rollers of Tabacalera Palma in the Dominican Republic. Blended around an outstanding, flavorful Ecuadorian Habano wrapper, the Dominican-grown Corojo binder, and the filler made up of Peloto Cubano, Criollo 98, and Peloto de Oro, creating a medium to full-bodied, attractively consistent and aromatic smoke that envies no other. I love this cigar. Have you tried La Galera Habano yet? Well, what are you waiting for? Available at better cigar shops worldwide is La Galera Habano. The wait is over. La Galera Habano. Justo and his father, Julio Eiroa are continuing the tradition of growing authentic Corojo and now bring you Aladino. Aladino is a true old-fashioned cigar, pure authentic Corojo grown in the Eiroa Tobacco Farms in Honduras from the original Cuban seed of Corojo. An Aladino cigar represents the golden era of cigars in Cuba, and after one light, this old-school smoke will bring you back. Aladino cigars come from JRE Tobacco, a family-centered company who manage all aspects of cigar growing and manufacturing This crop-to-shop operation is fully committed to providing you with quality and satisfaction. The premier Corojo grower in the entire cigar industry is Julio Eiroa, a tobacco grower and master cigar blender who personally guarantees that Aladino will provide you the opportunity to enjoy the true authentic Corojo taste. Take this journey and be part of history in a cigar smoking experience like no other. Aladino. This is Hank Kellner and my son. Plus Peter Kellner, and you're listening to The Cigar Authority. And we are back and about to light up a brand new cigar, and there's a big reason for it. With us, Rafael Nadell from Altadas, the maker of Monte Cristo. Welcome, Rafael. Can you hear us? Yes, I can hear you. Can you hear me? We can hear you. Perfect. Fantastic. Thank you for having me here, guys. Uh, Scott, it's a pleasure meeting you. You too. Uh, what a fantastic uh, information. If, like Dave said, if we can train some people, like uh, some of our friends, uh, the dogs, uh, we will be, it will be a different world. It would be nice. <laughs> it would be nice. So, uh, I was so excited to get this, uh, this box of cigars actually uh, mailed to my home. I said, what is this all about? And... Um, I have it here. It's the Monte Cristo 35th anniversary cigar. And uh, looking at it and seeing that um, it was 1935 when Monte Cristo came out, 35 years later, here it is, 2020. 85 I, years later. 85 years later, I'm sorry, 85 years later. I look at today's date, December 12th. You guys had 85 years 
to get this cigar out. There's 19 days left in the year. 19 days left. And right under the wire. Is it cultural? Why we have only 19 days left? Or is it the pandemic? Or what is it? I think it was a combination. But you're right. Culture is the thing. You know, at the end of the day, you know, the Hispanic culture, you know, the Cuban culture, we always wait to the end. And it took 85 years, like you said, <laughs> almost missing. No, it had to do with the pandemic and the and the production and everything. So without the trips, without uh, going there all the time, it's been a little bit more difficult to get everything done. So, And we have so many other releases as well uh, this year, so we wanted to space it out. And uh, yeah, but we got it. We got it right on that. It was important that we did it in this year. <laughs> oh my God! I'm like, holy mackerel! They almost, they almost didn't make it, but here it is. Uh, and with all the shipping issues and stuff like that, I'm wow. I, I, but you made it. Um, so I'm looking for at it the first time as Jonathan is, as Ed Sullivan is. Um, Barry cheated. Barry said he's had the cigar already. A few times. A few times already. <laughs> oh, wow. So it, it's the first time that I, I'm even looking at it. Um, I'm, I'll tell you, it's beautiful. Uh, soft box press. We're smoking a Churchill. We are. Today's first second cigar is the Monte Cristo Nicaragua Series 1935 Anniversary, and it's manufactured in Nicaragua by A.J. Fernandez for Altadis USA. The size is a 7x52 soft press Churchill, and it's a Nicaraguan Puro. A single cigar will set you back $17.50, while a box of 10 is $1.75. All right, I'm going to cut and light it because I'm dying to get to it. It is beautiful. Uh, the wrapper again is what? It's a Nicaraguan Puro. Boy, it's beautiful. It's, it's, it's too expensive for me to cut wrong. i got to put my glasses on before <laughs> yeah. I start. No, Scott, this, this one, you need to get it right from the beginning. <laughs> Absolutely. All right, it's time to cut Asagati official go. Cutting brought to you by Perdomo Cigars. Perdomo is the brand, while all other brands were raising prices, Perdomo cut out the federal S-chip tax and actually lowered them. Perdomo Cigars, they stand for quality, tradition, and excellence. Excellence. It is uh, very, it is, it's, it's, I, we were talking before the show, there's no coincidence in this world. And this segment of cutting and lighting the cigar is sponsored by Perdomo Cigar, which is... <laughs> The reason I am in this industry, in the cigar industry, That's right. because I met a guy by the name of Nick Perdomo. And uh, it's funny. It's amazing how everything in the world goes together. Here we go. And passion, right? Passion brought you to the game. And um, Monte Cristo, it is, I would say, either Cohibo or Monte Cristo, those are the, the biggest names in the cigar industry, even talking to people that don't know uh, cigars can say Monte Cristo. They they right. understand what that is. Um, so from the count of Monte Cristo, from the the book is where this comes from. And if I have my story right, this was the lectors, the the people that read to the people in Cuba. They would have the rollers rolling, and this is before there's there's music to play or things like that. They'd actually read the newspaper, and in some cases read a novel, and they would read the count of Monte Cristo. What a what an amazing romantic story. And you're right. So many brands like Romeo and Juliet also came from that time. And you're right, the lectores, which will be, you know, we didn't have the radio as we have it today. The lectores will be, uh, or not TV, obviously, but we'll have the lectores reading. So it, it actually, some of the, the, the cigar rollers were some of the more uh, 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 
uh, uh, reading people uh, that they knew about uh, the world things, uh, novels and Shakespeare. And they, it's an amazing story. And it's true. And it happened. And this is where some of the fantastic, iconic names today take their names, like Romeo and Julio, and especially Monte Cristo from the Count of Monte Cristo. That's for sure. Dark chocolate covered raisins is the uh, it's the, the cold draw. The cold and, draw. I, and I'll tell you, we we were mentioning on the last cigar we smoked, which was Camacho Nicaraguan, and it did not have a Nicaraguan taste to us because it's blended, and it seemed like that the Dominican popped out more on that particular cigar than it did. We have a Nicaraguan Puro here? Yes, we do. And um, and some of the tobaccos are extremely old. So we started working on this about maybe two and a half years ago when the Agent Room Quattro was being developed, when I joined the company from the beginning. And uh, talking to AJ Fernandez, hey, we have an amazing opportunity. So he has some great tobacco. He has this wrapper who has been fermented and aged there. Uh, but then we needed, we, we knew what we wanted, right? So very nervous making this blend. It's not easy. I mean, we we, we don't any room and we do some other. But when you do the iconic brand, especially 85th anniversary of this brand, it's something that you have to get very serious. And we knew what we wanted. So we set out to do an interpretation of what that Cuban blend may have been at the time if we have availability of this type of tobacco that we have today. So we did a lot of research, not only on the bands, on the looks and what we wanted to accomplish, the overall project, but especially on the blends and the type of tobacco and even the draw, the draw, because this is not our regular. If you smoke a, a day in room quattro Nicaragua, it's a little bit more pressed, a little bit stronger on the draw. This, we wanted to make it the experience that uh, revisit what the experience of uh, 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 Cubans had at that time in 1935. So uh, obviously, it's all in the interpretation. The soft pressing that, that typically happened in those days was actually jamming the cigars in the box and automatically pressing. Is that what's happening here? We tried, but we couldn't do it like that. It was just because then it took the time of the aging from the, from the, the humidor, right? Um, and we thought that that was important to bring some value to the blend and some marry the flavors. So, no, we didn't, but we tried to to replicate that format. But you're right. That's how it was done. The cigar was still wet, was put it on the boxes, and when you open, you, you have that square kind of a square. Not all the same, by the way. Right, right. Um, all right, let's give it a light. All dying right. To, dying to try it. We're going to light our cigar today with the Vertigo Intimidator. The Vertigo Intimidator features four jets, a color-changing flame, and that <clears throat> flame is fueled by the patented Vertigo big-ass tank. Easy adjustment at the bottom, all for the low price of $24.99. That's the Vertigo Intimidator. Okay, and as I said to you, Raphael, we haven't tried it yet, but Barry's been bragging on it. So, uh, Well, I, I'm glad that he did, by the way, because I was really nervous, right, to, to do this. Uh, when we talk about you um, uh, premiering the cigar for the first time and smoking it, and it sounds like a great idea when, I, when we talk about it, and then I start worrying, oh, my God, what if the comments are? Because I know you guys are very honest and you guys are, you know. So I, I, I really got very nervous and, and questioned myself whether that was the right, the right way to do or not. But we have faith on, on what we did. Uh, it took a lot of time and really a lot of love that this was done. Well, we're looking at a high-end cigar. There's no doubt about the packaging is high-end. The band is beautiful. The wrapper is beautiful. Um, so far, the combustion's great. 
The, um, the draw is good. Very smoky. Produces a lot of smoke. Yeah. Cigar. Scott, you, you have to see a major difference here now on the cigar you're smoking of pepper notes and strength profile. I mean, this is stepped up um, at least a couple of notches. Oh, yeah. And it tastes, yeah, it's very pleasant. Everything about it is pleasant for me being a new smoker. Nothing's hitting me that is harsh or too strong, that's for sure. So please tell me. And uh, it's sweet on the, on, before yep. I lit it, very sweet. Yep. Um, please tell me that this will not be a one-time release and this is. No, 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 it will not be. And we make sure of the type of tobacco that we use that we could replicate, <clears throat> continue replicating that. And it was very important to us because, you know, listen, we as a company don't have factories in Nicaragua, right? And the Nicaragua origin is very strong as, as everybody. But I think it's not only the origin, but it's also the flavor profile very close to the Cuban profile. The, the, it's a land of a volcano, so the soil is very rich. So we wanted to recreate that. However, we wanted to use, we wanted to do a luxury product, right? We wanted to do luxury all the way and the smoking experience and, and that. So it, it's, fun that, it's funny that as Scott mentioned, it's not too strong, it's sweetness, because that's part of the, what we try to look for. So people that are looking for for a celebratory cigar, just as a daily, it's, it's very, it's expensive to do a daily cigar, but something when, when the moment required. Listen, at the end of the day, Dave and guys, we try to make moments, uh, unforgettable moments. And it was very important that the cigar not only performed well, but it brought a lot of different uh, notes and very, you know, not too strong and, and, and some, you know, not only pleasant, but complex, so it's it's always it's very hard to do. But I think we we work very hard. I think we we are in the in the ballpark. Plummy, um, I got espresso written down. Yeah. A little bit of white pepper, some milk chocolate. The 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 sweet and the tannic nature of the chocolate versus the espresso is very pleasant. It just keeps bouncing back and forth and rolling over the palate. Very nice. Wow. Well, you had you certainly have some of the descriptors that we think it had, right? And right listen, Rafael, if it sucked, I just wouldn't say anything. <clears throat> yeah. It's good. Well, thank you. And I know you guys. That's why I was very nervous. Yeah. It, it, you it, can it, say, like some of my friends. Uh, it's a cigar. It's very interesting. It's very interesting. And then you know it sucks. <laughs> no, you, you know that this is an exceptional cigar right off the top. No doubt about it. I mean, it's a yeah. it's a high ticket item, but this is this is right off the bat. You can just you know you're you're in the ultra luxury yeah. department here on this cigar. My only objection is the length, the time well, of the smoke, because it's a big commitment. We do. I'm smoking the demi, which is uh, we recuperated the name from uh, from the originals uh, Monte Cristo. So the name is 48 by five uh, and a half. So it's. Uh, it's a smaller one, uh, and this comes in that. But it was also important to have the sizes reflective of that era, right? Right now, people are smoking a lot of uh, big ring cigars, but uh, at the time, it wasn't. Actually, the, the Churchill that we did in 52, because we had to do some, since it's box press, and it, it, it gets reduced a little bit. And it's also, we have to work with, uh, with the grandfather sizes that we have in our portfolio. So we have some other restrictions, but, you know, the... I think maybe the the biggest one at the time, as we've been able to research, was uh, uh, was forty eight. 
was 40 years behind. You'd ruin the cigar if you blew it out to a 60. There's no way. Then hmm. You wouldn't be able to box press it effectively. And I just don't think you'd have the flavors that pop. This is definitely, this blend needs that thinner ring gauge. Yeah. I think so. Do you think I it needs so. a length also? When you say ring gauge, does that mean also uh, comparatively needs the no, like thickness? Just right. the thickness. But, but the, for flavors, length and ring gauge. Shorter, more robust, the flavor yeah. would happen at once. I expect to see around the five-inch mark on this that we're going to hit some tips and we're going to get a, a boost in flavor, maybe a little more pepper. The Nicaraguan essence is going to come out uh, further down the cigar. Well, we'll be the Actually, judge. funny that you mentioned <coughs> the short chill. I believe it happened to be one of the best ones. <coughs> Excuse me. I was, uh, wow, I was in Heli at the same time I was talking. <laughs> don't try that at home. I'm a professional. But <laughs> <don't try laughs> <that. coughs> hey, Barry, have you uh, <coughs> exhausted this? Uh, if uh, retro retro held held? It, uh I definitely get the espresso, but more of a coffee bean note on the retro hell. <coughs> and there's definitely some of that milk chocolate. And uh, I hate to be in agreement with Jonathan, but. So you, you're saying yeah. you agree with me 100%. Scott, do you, do you blow I it agree up your nose 100% a little bit? with Barry. <laughs> there you go. You get a little more flavor when you... I definitely get different flavor. Yeah. I'm not picking up the white chocolate. I am picking up the sweetness, but um, I'm not accustomed to labeling. It's the same thing with wine. It's the same thing where people that are experienced uh, wine drinkers looking for the flavors. Nobody's getting any plum, huh? No. no. Really, and a lot of Nicaraguan cigars on the retro hail. There's a huge burst of pepper, which Jonathan has a hard time with. This is an extremely smooth, sweet retro hail. There's almost no added pepper to it. When you say retro hail, what do you mean? Uh, pushing the smoke through your nose. <clears throat> okay, to get the secondary, to get the yeah, more yeah, smell. There's more aromas that you'll pick up versus your palate. So the aroma helps open up the cigar. Absolutely, and listen. Um, I we are actually pairing this uh, in, in the events that we're doing at the stores with the twin coffee, uh, twin aging coffee from uh, Nicaragua. It's uh, uh, from our friend Colin, uh, that oh, he yeah. actually was involved with the uh, Cigar Journal uh, 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 before getting into him, yeah. the coffee. Sure. And it's that coffee. That, that's what we did it with the coffee. You know, you guys know me. I love rum and I love this. But I think this one has some notes of coffee. That is really is enhanced by pairing with coffee. You know, coffee and cigar come from the same soil, and it's definitely something that um, enhances and pairs extremely well because of the notes in this particular and the sweetness in this particular. So that sweetness with the bitterness of the coffee, not too much sugar, like I normally do. Yeah. Uh, but uh, but it definitely goes very well. And he does a nice job. Colin does with that coffee where he's not roasting it at a very high heat very quickly. He goes slow and low and really brings the maturity of that coffee out, the sweetness, and, and you're thinking, oh, I'm going to drink black coffee. There's a sweetness to it. There actually is. If you do the coffee right and roast it slowly over a lower temperature, you can really bring the sugars to the front and caramelize them so that it's ready for the brewing process. So what do you have? Absolutely. For, what do you have for sizes on this? Well, on this, we have the Demi, which is uh, a 48, um, what is a this 48 by Church. five and a half. We have the Toro, which is, uh, I do Toros in all my sizes. I just love it. Since I started uh, making cigars a long time ago, I do the 54 by six and um, the 52 by, by seven, which is the Churchill. And we have the, the iconic Monte Cristo number two, although we have it at 52 by six and at eight. Um, so the prices start on the Demi, a little bit over $10, which is a small cigar. 
and then it goes up to the 17th, uh, over 17 in the Churchill one. Okay, very, very nice. So uh, as much as the pandemic slows everybody down, um, Altadas had a very uh, big year this year, very interesting year. Um, the company was sold. The company was sold. And, uh, you know, uh, not only that, we did a lot of, uh, we actually, even in the pandemic, we <laughs> we had a lot of projects that we work, uh, that we have been working, like the Romeo and Juliet Reserva Real Nicaragua, which has been the biggest uh the biggest uh, introduction in the company history. And then the company was sold. So we are very happy with that because, you know, we were part of Imperial, uh, the fourth largest tobacco company in the world, very big. And it has, uh, but they, their business is a little bit different. Our business is about pleasure, about uh, giving, giving the consumer uh, the best possible tobacco. And uh, they wanted to concentrate in the core business um, and which is a mass market and uh, the new generation products and vapes and they have the blue and things like that. So we were sold. We're the only company with uh, uh, that uh, produces cigar in all four major or, uh, origins, uh, Cuba, Dominican, Honduras, and Nicaragua. And uh, although we don't have a factory in Nicaragua, we have been very aggressive lately since I joined the company working with our uh, partners AJ Fernandez and the Placencia family. And last year we got the number one and the number 10 cigar, according to Cigar Aficionados. And this year, uh, the year before uh, the Monte Cristo uh, original uh, series. And this is uh, part of that uh, Nicaraguan series as well. So we have been concentrated in Nicaragua as an origin. We don't have a factory there yet. So we have to uh, make sure we work with the right partners and the right people to make sure we continue to grow. Yeah, I find I find that fascinating be, with all the attention on Nicaragua by Altadas, where your factories are on Honduras in the Dominican, and not that you're not putting things out there, but there right. seems to be a lot of attention on Nicaragua. Uh, and Nicaragua's hot, there's no doubt about it. I mean, now the number one producing uh, <clears throat> place is Nicaragua. Uh, is there a thought of, okay, let's get a facility in Nicaragua? We, at least we don't have it at the moment. And uh, we definitely uh, believe in Nicaragua and it's, it's an important uh, origin for us. So we definitely uh, 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 believe that's a, 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 an area that we, we were missing. That's why we concentrated so much in expanding production there because all our origin in the, from all our products, again, we're Dominican and Honduras mostly, so we are expanding there, and I think that's uh, that's uh, an area that we are concentrated in uh, in getting those cigars from that area. So yeah, yeah, I think uh, the future is bright. The future, uh, the future is very bright for the company, and we are. I tell you, I I landed in the company at the right time. Actually, the problem because of that, because of the expansion of flavor. As a matter of fact, when I joined the company and they gave me a title of product capability, people are like, "What does that mean?" Because it's not used in the industry, right? right. We knew what we wanted to do it. And it's very simple. It makes the right blend with the right project and create not only a marketing strategy or look uh, for each brand, but a flavor profile uh, philosophy for each brand. And that's what we've been trying to do. This right. is a Nicaragua uh, puro. However, it has some of those basic DNAs, I believe, or what at least that's what we try to do, or what the Monte Cristo brand is all about. And it stems, if 
you know, you want to smoke Monte Cristo, you can go to light Monte Cristos, full flavored. That's what I would say here. We have at the very top end of full flavor. For at sure. A, at, a, at a 9 or 10 on full flavor, but not on strength, maybe a 7 on strength. I agree but with that. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it's so flavorful. And is the difference. If you want to try a cigar that you say, what, what is the difference between full-bodied and full-flavored? Here mm-hmm. is full-flavored. This is what, you know, this can be a new benchmark sure. of what full-flavored is without the strength of power behind it because I love a lot of flavor, but I can't smoke very powerful cigars. So this is up there uh, where I, I would want it to be myself and where you can enjoy different flavor components without getting blown away with the power of a cigar. Absolutely. And that's the idea. Listen, what we want, not only we want to be the leader in each of the origins uh, that we participate but we also want to be the leader. And that's a big tall order because so many great cigars, right? As you guys know, um, we want to be the leader in each segment that we participate. So if we are doing a luxury, we want, we want, and that's, you know, that's our goal. We want, if you think about Nicaragua luxury cigar, you think about Monte Cristo anniversary series. So it's a tall order. Uh, there's some great cigars coming out of Nicaragua, but we are working hard towards that. And listen, I'm a dreamer, as you guys know. I hang in here for a long time because I am a dreamer, and uh, that's what we dream of. So there were three in Cuba back in those days. There were three different cigars that came out of there uh, that still exist to this day out of the factory. <clears throat> Particulares was one of them. Byron was one. Monte Cristo was one. And Byron tried to do it, too, that they have different um, different blends of which century that they came, and they tried to say, this is what the cigar tasted like in the 1800s. How do you figure out? Nobody, you don't have any. You know, we how don't. Do you, yeah, so how does that process go to say cigars tasted like this in the 1800s? Because if they did, I want to go back into the 1800s. Uh, <laughs> It's fantastic of what cigars tasted like then. How do you figure this out? Right. So we, we have a lot of historians in our company. We actually have a book of our company, Tabacalera, uh, as a company, has been uh, in the market in, in over 400 years of history, right? And we are very well documented. We actually have a, a book that started in, uh, with everything documented on the tobacco history of tobacco from, from the uh, 1800s, right? So we, we really have a lot of history and we have historians in the company and we have access to a lot of that. We have our counterparts in other countries with a lot of history and information. We have the, from the first advertising and you're right, we have the Byron advertising that came from the same factory at the same time, we're making it at the same time. And uh, so we did a lot of talk, we did a lot of research. We, we even know the type of uh, varieties, right? Uh, of tobacco that existed on that time. They uh, are banks, right? There are seed banks that um, that still have those uh, seeds, and uh, and uh, you know they have been changed throughout the years because of the illnesses have continued to progress, and so the seeds have been more commercial. We know that the the the, the leaves were very uh, very smaller, smaller at the time. The plants were very smaller, uh, just like the pelo de oro or the yeah. pilotico down in Dominican, six to seven five to six to seven leaf at the most. So we've done a lot of research what it should have been, the soil, the type of soil. And we knew, by the way, when we started working this project, we have certain part of, certain cigar tobacco that will help us make it, but we didn't have all. And we 
turns to the global reach of our company and the partners like AJ Fernandez, we were able to put together the right tobaccos, the right uh, for the project, the process that we wanted. We knew from the beginning, we knew what we wanted after the research was done. So it took us just finding the right um, the right tobaccos uh, and to to make it possible. So it was a labor, missing a lot of work and a lot of research went into this. At the end, it's an interpretation, but we we really put a lot of work on it. Yeah. This. So you go to somebody like AJ Fernandez, and you say, okay, uh, our most ac- iconic brand, Monte Cristo. Even to him, as as a Cuban himself, here you go. We're handing you. You're, you're making an anniversary of this brand, Monte Cristo. Um, there's no messing around. I mean, you got to take this as serious as can be, right? I mean, this is uh, you can't mess it up. We do. And and so what I do as part of my role in the company, not only I do the product uh, capability part, but I also do, the, I oversee the marketing now of, uh, of all, all of our brands. So what what I, I come up with, it's a flavor profile that we want for every brand, right? And, you know, it's a, it's a work in progress. As we want to take our consumers, our customers in a journey of flavors and aroma, we wanted to give them different experiences. So we just don't go and say, let's do this. I said, this is what we want to do. Let's do it together. Uh, we presented some of the research that we have done. We continue doing research. And by the way, it was from the beginning, we knew we didn't have all the tobaccos necessary for it, but it took a partner like AJ that spent more than a million dollars on cigar on tobacco <coughs> just to make part of the tobaccos that he needed to make this blend. So um, so it was a, it really a complicated uh, global thing, and we were able to do it. Um, and, and, you know, uh, so it's, it's, it wasn't as simple as say, hey, let's do this um, as, as what we want is to manage the flavor profiles that we want to do it for the brand. I think you did an unbelievable job. Uh, yeah. Bar- Barry was touting it uh, before the show and said, uh, no way till you try this cigar. And uh, typically somebody does that to me and I'm, I'm expecting a, a lot. Over-hyped it delivered. It. Yep. Yeah, it delivered. Uh, no doubt. Yeah, we, we call that, Barry, manage your expectations. So we say, you know, <laughs> might be good. It's okay. Yeah, he did. So he says, That's not the way he came in. He came in on this. <laughs> he, he was touting it. Uh, Scott, for a relatively new cigar smoker, what do you, what do you think? Oh, I'm really enjoying it. Uh, and I had a question. When you talk about these flavor profiles, uh, I'm sure you realize in the United States now that cannabis has been legalized in about 14 or 15 states. And there's a lot of talk now that that industry is becoming more mainstream, more competitive. There's a lot of talk about flavor profiles within that particular plant in the smoking. And they use uh, a lot of laboratories now all over the country to isolate terpenes, flavor profiles in their breeding programs so that they can get these flavors that they're looking for the way you are doing the same thing. Does the tobacco, the cigar industry get that deep into flavor profiles as far as lab testing, or is it all old school tasting no, it? I think we actually get deeper, but not in the same way. Right. Sometimes we have a seed that it takes 10 to 12 years to develop, right? right. Or even adjust to the next, to the next. We have Cuban seeds that are brought from Cuba that are, are need to adjust to the, to the area, and it's done by natural selection. So it's a year after year getting the best, put it in the wet part, then put it on the things, did it miss the flavor? Let's try it again. So sometimes it takes 10, 12 years to uh, to get a, a seed uh, ready for that. So it is done more. But, but by the way, we do have a lot more uh, time, uh, you know, years, like in this case, 85 years uh, of, of different trying. And this family, like the Placencia family, 
uh, that have been on the market uh, in, in the industry for over 152 or three years doing this type of thing. So I think we do it more. We do it even deeper, but not it's in the same way. So it's not a lab that you're trying to do. At the end of the day, this is a very uh, more artistic. This is, a very, this is an art. This yeah. is a really an art. Uh, it's a science. There's a science involved. But at the end of the day, people like me, basically, we're artists. We just artists. The, the, the cigar, the flavors is just how we tell the stories, right? Before I used to do it with violin, the piano, and you know now we do it with cigars. Yeah. So yeah, so it's I think it's deeper and more complex process, uh, but it's taking more years for sure. Well, and certainly when you're blending multiple plants together, it's much more complicated. Multiple. Uh, let me tell you, it is because many things changes, right? Yeah. The soil, the the, and we take you know most of. What we have here is mostly Cuban seeds, right? So all the, these Cuban seeds were brought different varieties for, that are good for different regions. And Eddie has been an amazing, I've been doing an amazing job um, in dividing the farms by varieties. That's what they do in Cuba. So he has this farm, La Lilia, that does a specific uh, variety and the other ones that do a specific variety. So mixing all that together at the end is sitting there and listen, don't tell my boss because he's probably listening for an assembly, but at the end, it's, it's, it's a smoking cigar all day long and say yes, no, yes. As a matter yeah. of fact, when the COVID thing happened, and I, the first thing I heard is like, uh, you lose uh, you meet, you lose the flavors, right, or the taste. Yeah. I say, there's no way I can do this because I depend on, on doing that. And that's my life, and that's my job, and that's my livelihood. So I have taken care of myself because uh, – Really, for me, uh, the taste is uh, the most important part. Absolutely. That's what it's all about. Congratulations is all I can say. Yeah, congratulations on 85 years of Monte Cristo, but uh, you pay homage to the to the brand with the cigar. I think it's going to be a big deal. Uh, you're, you're big on the Cigar of the Year for Cigar Aficionado every single year. I think it came in way too late this year for that. But uh, you got a lot of stuff in the running, uh, so I, I, I expect to see you at, at the very top again this year. It did, it did uh, come late for that. That was one of the things that I always uh, keep in mind. Uh, it just We just couldn't put it in the market for, for them. It had to be before October 31st, and we, we just missed it for a little bit. We tried, but at the end of the day, we wanted to make sure, listen, that there's, it's not like before I used to go spend all this time on the factories. I've not, my last trip was in uh, March uh, 10th, um, and the last time to the factory was in February, January and February to Nicaragua. So all this has to be send me this. Send, thanks God, we have all this blend off from before. But at the end, there's always when you go into production, there's always some tweaks uh, that happen. Uh, the first production, the second day, the second week, or send me here. So stop the production, send it back. I mean, just it was just uh, very difficult. We just couldn't get it before October. It was just uh, although the blend was actually finalized uh, in January. As a matter of fact, some of the people that visited the Nicaragua Festival, we took it to the factory and we were uh, we had some testing and things like that. We always do with all our brands. You know, it's it's hard to make cigars. It's hard to make cigar blends. It's hard to, especially harder for these amazing iconic blends. But then, uh, in this price point, listen, I I'm a consumer. I pay for a lot of cigars, not as many as some others because I do get it from friends. But I have to tell you. For me, we take very seriously. If you want to spend $17 in a cigar, you want the cigar to be the best you can. We had an experience. I personally had an experience with the Placencia Alma Fuerte that I work on that project and then a couple of other projects on uh, on um, in, in Peralta. 
but $17 for a cigar, 85 anniversary, Monte Cristo, uh, $17 cigar. That was some added, added pressure. That's for sure. Yeah. Well, I, I, you nailed it. You got it great. Rafael Nadell, uh, thank you so much. Congratulations on this cigar, and uh, congratulations on the anniversary of Monte Cristo, 85 years. That's uh, a big deal. Uh, thank you for coming on, and I hope to see you face-to-face -face in 2021. And give us a hug, and, you know, that's part of our industry. Thank you, guys, for your opportunity. Scott, it's a pleasure meeting nice you. To I learned a lot in the first part of the show. And thank you for the opportunity, uh, Dave and the crew, for uh, being able to present the consumer with this. It has been a dream of ours, and it's really it's all about dreaming big, and that's what we're doing. Thank you. Beautiful. Thank you. We're going to take a break. When we come back, we got three letters in the mailbox to get to. And uh, more importantly, there'll be no singing by Mr. Jonathan or myself. That's all I'm going to promise. I make no promises. Good We're year to start smoking cigars. Go. We're live in the Toscano Cigar Soundstage, and you're listening to the Cigar Authority on the United Podcast Network. Let's talk a little about Rough Rider Cigars. So here is where the motorcycle culture meets Cigar Nation. This badass-looking cigar uses the name Rough, but delivers a smooth as silk ride each and every time. Even before lighting one, you can't help but notice its sweet-like honey flavor. Smooth and creamy, resembling slightly sweetened butter. Outstanding! The Rough Rider Cigar is so beautiful in so many ways. We're talking a premium cigar, imported, long filler cigar, but wait till you hear the price. Every cigar is in the $3 price range, that's right. Even the Churchill in the 6x60, every cigar is in the $3 price range. Rough Rider Cigars, there's nothing rough about Rough Rider except the name. Rough Rider Cigars. The following message is brought to you by Drew Estate. Drew Estate, the rebirth of cigars in the new Drew Diplomat app. Join me, Barry Stein, from the Cigar Authority on Drew Diplomat. As you know, I am quite partial to Liga Pavada number 9 from Drew Estate. So join me for a Liga and share your experience with Drew Estate. And while you're at it, don't forget to check into Two Guys Smoke Shop on the Drew Diplomat app. Drew Diplomat is now available for the iPhone and Android. To learn more about Drew Diplomat, visit DrewDiplomat.com. That's DrewDiplomat.com. You must be at least 21 years of age or older and a resident of the United States, including D.C. To be eligible for membership in this program, other terms and conditions apply. Surgeon General warning, cigars are not a safe alternative to cigarettes. Since 1903, when La Aurora Cigars first opened their doors as the first cigar factory of the Dominican Republic, they have defined Dominican cigar manufacturing. Now, La Aurora continues that innovation with La Aurora Dominican DNA, featuring an exceptional blend whose soul is the Andullo. La Aurora pays tribute to the oldest Dominican tobacco process with a cigar that features tobacco that is part of their heritage and their DNA. The La Aurora DNA features this hard-to-work tobacco that brings the unique characteristics of strength, inspiring aroma, and sweetness that creates an exceptional smoking experience that only La Aurora can bring you. Experience La Aurora Dominican DNA with its Cibao Valley Dominican wrapper, an authentic Cameron binder from Africa with fillers from the Dominican Republic, Pennsylvania, Nicaragua, and Anduyo. 
available at top retailers like twoguyscigars.com and is distributed in the United States by Miami Cigar and Company. Experience the rich tradition of the legendary H. Upman brand with the latest addition to their iconic 1844 line. The H. Upman 1844 Añejo uses a rich, well-balanced blend of Nicaraguan, Honduran, and Dominican tobaccos and an extra-aged wrapper that offers a deep aroma with a bold finish. The H. Upman 1844 Añejo is sure to please adult smokers looking for a delicious, handmade, premium smoke that is aged to perfection. Surgeon General warning, tobacco use increases the risk of infertility, stillbirth, and low birth weight. Jose Dominguez, Jose Dominguez, Jose, Jose, Jose Dominguez. What the hell are you doing? I'm writing a commercial for Jose Dominguez. Well, what you should be doing is talking about how good they are. That Jose Dominguez makes millions of cigars for other people, but saves the best tobaccos and the best blend for his namesake, Jose Dominguez. Not singing a song, if that's what you think you're doing. What I am doing is creating what is known as a donut. Hey, nobody's going to take away your donuts. No, a donut in a commercial is when it starts with a jingle and then the information comes in and then ends with the song again. The information is the filling of the donut. Why does everything you talk about have to center around food and usually donuts? I don't know. Listen, Jose Dominguez cigars come in four great sizes and two wrappers. The mild, buttery, smooth, natural, and the slightly bolder Maduro. And every cigar is about $5. You know as well as I do, Dave, Jose Dominguez is no $5 cigar. It's worth so much more, it's a sensational value. Okay, here's the end of the donut. You ready? Jose Dominguez. Jose Dominguez. Hi, this is Steve Saka from Dunbarton Tobacco and Trust, and you're listening to the Cigar Authority on the United Podcast Network. And we are back. We're smoking the Monte Cristo 1935 anniversary. Uh, this is on the way to cigar stores uh, around the United States, coming soon. Uh, talk about down to the wire, 35th anniversary uh, ends in just uh, 19 days, but uh, they, they got it under the wire. Can they re-release next year? He said they will. Yeah. They're going to keep it coming keep it coming out because it, it'd be a shame. A lot of times they come out with an anniversary product, and it's a one-time release. It's there, and that's it. And it's over, and uh, it's too good to just uh, put it out there once. But it happens all the time, but not this time, hopefully that's the way it'll go. All right, we got a lot of emails to get to. We got to do three of them. We got to pick a winner here. What All right, it's uh, time for the Monte Cristo Best Email of the Week contest, and it's brought to you by Monte Cristo Cigars. This week's prize is a 12-ounce tumbler, an exo cutter, a billfold with a money clip, a leather three-finger case, and a journal. Uh, well over $100 value Look at for that. this week's prize. Nice. It's a and, very uh, nice case. <clears throat> our emailer stepped it up this week, and I do have to apologize to Craig. Your email is entirely too long. I'm going to truncate it because the guys will get the idea. And you'll understand what I'm saying in just a moment. The following message was submitted through the Contact Us page of thecigarauthority.com. And the subject line is, Twas the night before Christmas, the Cigar Authority. Mm. Twas the night before Christmas and the Cigar Authority podcast. The only thing stirring was memories from shows past. The cigars were stored in humidified cabinets with care 
in hopes that enthusiastic customers soon would be there. Except for Mr. Jonathan, the crew was on stage, all sitting in place, while Dave organized his papers and got on their case. Working off stage, said the producer they call Ed, he adjusted the sound and wished the show was dead. <laughs> <laughs> then at the bottom of the stairs arose such a clatter, the guests turned their heads to see what's the matter. Up from his seat, Dave flew like a flash. He was nervous of what had broken in the crash. When what to his wondering eye did appear, Jonathan with a humidor looking quite queer. <laughs> he jumped from his seat and opened the humidor quick. Barry's eyes grew large with anticipation of a nice stick. That's uh, it. All right. Entry number one. He did a very nice job. You guys get the point there. So, Scott, these are letters that people write to us each week. We pick one, and somebody wins the prize. Good commitment on that All first right. one. The yeah. following message was also submitted through the Contact Us page of the CigarAuthority.com, also truncated here. Uh, not an entitled hippie is the mm. tagline here. About a month ago, I got the COVIDs, and my smell and taste still has not really returned. So instead of wasting the Contenders Pack and the HVC hotcake sitting in my humidor, I will rank you all as contenders for the authority of the Cigar Authority. Ed Sullivan, you're in last place. Uh, you make it all happen and keep the show running, but if I want to watch you on screen, I have to watch the ash holes. You, sir, are a close second. Uh, Barry, I don't like the Rangers, and you threw the vote when Mr. J was playing Dancing Queen. I don't understand that. <laughs> I picked the Islanders. Uh, yeah, sure. Riding dirt bikes with your brother. Nice cover. Uh, distant second. <laughs> no points, and may God have mercy on your soul. Which brings me to the bald one and the spelling bee champ. Mr. J, you have my deepest condolences, just like your last dancing partner and marriage. This one just slipped away from you. <laughs> I must go with Dave for the winner. Although he spells everything and got rid of the cowbell, I'll be damned if the show would go on without him. He does things for the cigar community that no other figure has ever done and has been doing it for over 30 years. Now just do what's right and bring back the damn cowbell. That's Matt from Indiana. Hmm. All right. We'll call him as the contenders, right? Night before so Christmas, contenders. It seemed in that he really ranked the cowbell ahead of Dave. Or you think they were equal? All I know is that consistently the cowbell gets ranked above you. I know that. Yeah. So that's what matters. Okay, let's get the matchup of the week. Let's do that right now. It's time for the matchup of the week, and it's brought to you by VS. VS means versus, but it stands for Victor Sinclair. Victor Sinclair Cigars. And today, Dovin Pincher versus Dalmatian in a fight. <laughs> Not even close. Uh, they look very similar in body they, type. They it's do funny. look similar. It's, it's funny that you mentioned that, yeah. They have a sh very tight, short hair, short coat. But is there a clear out winner? Before you answer the question professionally, Ed says it's not even close. What do you say? Well, Doberman's got it. And especially since the Dalmatian's likely to be deaf, the Doberman can sneak up behind him. It's all over. See, I gotta go. The Doberman is going to uh, rob the bank. The Dalmatian is going to put out the fire. <laughs> Here we go. That's right. Barry? Yeah, I mean, you just look what, you know, security dogs are usually Dobermans. Uh, Magnum P.I., they had two Dobermans protecting mm -hmm. the fort. Uh, so I'm going to go with the uh, Doberman Pincher. I'm going Dalmatian because nobody's going to see that shit coming. He is going to be a That's right. beast. <clears throat> and the Do even the Doberman's going to be shocked. I'd be more nervous walking into a yard and a Doberman came out. I'm not a Doberman. A, a Dalmatian came running out barking at me. Than a That's Doberman. just because they're so skittish. And, I mean, they probably built... Well, you don't see Dobermans around anymore. I mean, I rarely mm -hmm. see Dobermans. 
So in a fight, they're fighting to the death, the two dogs. They both turn and attack their owners. That's what happens. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the Dobermans probably built up some cred fighting Cruella DeVille. I mean, the uh, Dalmatians. They're yeah. both, both lovers. They're, they're yeah. not fighters? Dobermans are not um, typically used for protection these days. Yeah. They're more companion animals. So who would you say one's going to beat the other one? I, listen, I'm not into dog fighting. I'm not going to comment on no this dog-dog stuff. This is not the direction See, I want to go. But I it's, just went it's too far, Dave. Rottweiler and a German Shepherd? They, they are. They are I'd rather see a dog attacking a man than a dog attacking really? a dog. Really? But they're different weight classes anyway. Yeah. Yeah, if you're going to do weight class, put a pit bull in with a, mm. with a giant dog and see what happens. Not that anyone would or no. should. No, of pit bull's not. a champion? Of course. Yeah. Well, they were bred to fight. Yeah. Yeah. Why are we talking about fighting dogs? I don't know. Because is, you, is, this, I, it's about, is this the Cigar Authority world? This is, but I had to try to connect a dog thing in with, with yeah. this. Scott, I appreciate you keeping if, us on the rails. Gonna, well, usually go. that's my job, what, but it's nice to have What about backup. those wrinkly dogs? Sharpays. Sharpay? Mm. Mm. Is that a fighter, too? That's a fighter. Yeah. Just want to remind They're everybody, so we do have a prize giveaway. Yeah. Uh, yes. Camacho Badass Fuel Cabinet. I think uh, we should be making a little is... backpack to keep the cigars on the dog. Mm. Buy at oh, minimum nice. three Camachos. You're going to get one uh, entry. You buy you get a box. An entry. You're going to get 10. Just make sure you leave the comment Camacho to be entered. Good and cigar. You, and you got till Friday till uh, 5, 5 o'clock, 5 p.m., and, and it's over. All right, number three. This is what typically Jonathan puts as his pick of the winner. But and I'm we're going to all as, vote. I'm going to put it as my pick this week as all well. All right. Uh, this is submitted through the Contact Us page of thecigarauthority.com, and Rob writes, Mr. J's hat. Listening to these shows each week and smoking <laughs> along is always enjoyable. The past few shows have sucked. Wow. Ooh. Smoking lawn clippings and machine-made backwoods and singing silly songs isn't my mm. idea of good cigar podcast. Right. But I appreciate the experience. Each person brings a piece of the pie that brings the podcast full circle. I, now, Barry- I, I didn't know there was pie. I like pie. Yeah, I should have crossed that out. I knew it. Yeah. <laughs> now, Barry has always been my favorite. Oh, I feel God. like our characters are similar, always oh. cracking jokes and talking shit. Yeah, uh, and that you like, but but smoking lawn clippings. I didn't <laughs> say it. This guy said it. All right, it. go ahead. And this is your favorite, though. Go ahead. Dave, I have a business degree, and we align on a business sense. Uh, having great ideas on marketing and making money when and you're he's like, sleeping. And he's like Barry. Is always a great concept. Supporting the local cigar shop is always your answer. I recently had a long conversation with a manager at my local shop about people bringing in cigars and smoking them, which I defended the shop. It's just wrong. Ed, I really have nothing for you. <laughs> <laughs> we barely do. Uh, although I will say I like your idea of smoking shorter cigars so you can have more cigars throughout the day. Now here comes Mr. J. Until this week, I would have bashed you on divorce or being gay Whatever, it's 2020. If you want to dance with men, go ahead. But watching the December 5th show, I noticed you were wearing a hat that reads, Lions, not sheep. This is what we as Americans need to take back. We need to stand up and be the lions, not letting the politicians, governors, mayors, or any other bitch Karen try to take away our freedom. I have a newfound respect for you, and uh, you, now you may be my new favorite. I should have seen this prior to the after show. No, Dave, sheep are not good for business. This strikes home with me lately due to the nature of my employment, NYPD, for 13 years. Thank mm. you for your service, Rob. Thank you. Now more than ever, we as people of this country need to stand up for what's right. COVID has struck fear into the American people. Together, we need to unite and stop letting the government get involved in our business. 
Signed, Rob. Okay, so we got Rob picking on us. Number, number one. Th- number I'm three. taking number one. That was a little political there, Rob. Number two was political. the contenders, and number one was the night before Christmas. Yeah. We got one vote I, for night. I like the holiday theme. I think he did a nice job with All that. All right. How, how about you, Barry? I'm going to go with number three because I back the blue. No. Number three. Okay. Yeah. Number three. Mr. Jonathan's taking number three. That's right. I'm going to take number one also the night before Christmas. I think it was well done. Mm-hmm. A lot of effort and energy put into that, and I appreciate that. And normally, I would be the tiebreaker, but we have a guest. We have a guest that will decide so Scott, the one or on. three, or you can take number two. Man, you can totally screw this all up. Be, being a Christian, I'm going with the night before Christmas. Where we right. go. <laughs> so the night before Christmas wins it. Beautiful. Beautiful. Who is that? The uh, night before Christmas was Craig. Being a Santa-fearing lad. <laughs> Craig, uh, all you have to do is email me. Just reply to that email and uh, shoot me your address, and we'll get that prize kit out to you. It's beautiful. I'm going to start sending you guys stories through the email now. There we yeah. go. There we go. The, the That's it. There's prizes. Here. We give stuff away to keep people listening in. Uh, the after show today, what are we doing on the after show? We're doing Is That Manly? Huh. Is that manly? And Jonathan's going to be on? He's going to be on. Why? Oh, all right. So Why do can... I feel like this is going to be another Jonathan bashing <laughs> show? <laughs> Jonathan used to do the manly segment way back at the beginning. I did, yeah. Manly. Huh. Dancing hmm. with men, not manly. I would say not. It's kind of double manly. That's my point. <laughs> right. It's twice as manly as <laughs> dancing with a chick. I don't know about that. Um, so what do you think? What do you think of we have the Monte Cristo 135th anniversary cigar. This is the Churchill. Long cigar. It's a it's a two-hour cigar. Three things made me nervous about this. Number one, the length. I thought for sure it was going to take too long to develop its flavor, which it did not. Right away. Number two, Barry Stein liked it, which means that I want to hate it immediately, and I ended <laughs> up liking it. And number three, it's so tough for these legacy brands to come out with something new that's of any substance considering the competition they have in the marketplace. It's got to be better than what they have out there, and which this, is tough mm-hmm. to do, right? This is very good. Very, very good. It's very good. Yeah, a lot of notes of chocolate and coffee, balanced. Cigar aficionado will love this. Cigar. Yes. That's why I said to him, yeah, no, they blew too bad, it. They, because it would have been up there. Uh, Ed Sullivan, you didn't chime in a lot on it. What do you think? I'm enjoying this one quite a bit. You know, I think it's got great balance. You know, it's... As you said, really full flavor, but it's got an elegance to it. I mean, they got the Demi, which is a shorter format, maybe you like. Yeah, I mean, but you look at it and you say seventeen fifty. This is actually worth that price yeah. point. Yeah, it, yeah, it's a very good cigar. It's so hard to say when you get up to the price like that and make something something worth it and stuff. But this is worth at least trying. Yeah, yeah. I think it's yeah. I mean, uh, being a real novice here, I think it's worth spending the extra money for a new person. To get a good taste in cigar, because that's the first impression. You start getting introduced to cigars, smoking friggin' cheap cigars. Right. It's going to suck. <laughs> it's it's, it's suck, a shame, huh? and that's why yeah. you, yep. you held off all those years, because you never had a real cigar. A real good Ooh, cigar. However it worked out, this yeah. is the right place to get the indoctrinated. Right place at the right that's time. That's for sure. So the Quirky Dog, how do people find the Quirky Dog oh, podcast? I want to say one in conclusion with this cigar. I was just thinking that I'm, I'm not good at picking out the flavor um, yeah, profiles, we'll get but... You the fact that they had these tobaccos picked out in January, and all, and if they could get this out to the market by October, would have meant a lot. Yeah. And they held off because it wasn't ready yet. It says mm-hmm. a lot about them and what they want to go out into the public. You Absolutely. Know? Because they could have been Cigar of the Year, and they said, no, we're not ready. No. And it might, might not have been the same might cigar not. at that right. point. It yeah. wouldn't have been. 
So they, uh, they knew it wasn't what they yeah. wanted. So how the hell do we find your podcast? Uh, QuirkyDog.com uh, will give you links to get to the different um, places that host it. Yeah, the podcast. You, you can go to United Podcast Network. Yeah, yeah, Apple, any of that, any stuff. You'll see it. You you can watch it, or you can listen to it. Yeah, YouTube. Like, we have a YouTube account, so all the old uh, episodes are on YouTube. Good. Uh, we're on Facebook. You can go to Canine Healing uh, on Facebook, or if you put the Corky Dog into anything at this point, mm-hmm. we'll come up on that page somewhere. You know? If you got a dog, you're gonna you're gonna learn something there that's gonna help you out. And if you don't have a dog yet, you're gonna learn stuff, which is what people should do anyway. You don't have a dog, you should listen to the quirky dog, so you don't start the wrong way, right? Yeah, and we try to, you know, I try to make it a little humorous if yeah. possible. I mean, uh, people with dogs, it's funny they don't tend to look for education or help until there's a problem. Right. Mm-hmm. They get the dog, they enjoy the dog, and then when it's a complete shit show, they start looking outside of the house, how can I get this stuff straightened out? And every you know? episode has the quirky tip of the day. They're awesome. Yeah, and I would say a lot of just as a general rule for dog owners, it's counterintuitive to do what's best for the dog. Whatever you think would be best typically is not ah, the right thing to do. Yeah. So when you feel a need to fluff your dog's pillow, buy another fluffy bed to put in their crate, or throw away the crate because they don't like the crate, all these things you think will make the dog happier usually make the dog less content. Yeah. They want to have more structure. That's yeah, familiarity. Is, yeah, they like to have routine and structure. Yeah. And yeah. Um, like That's probably why they like smoking a cigar with their owners because yeah. it's the same routine. You get out, have a seat, relax. There we go. You know, enjoy your dog, enjoy the day, have a cigar, and relax. How long do you walk a dog? I typically um, would, when we walk, my wife and I walk our dogs, it's a three quarters of a mile away and back. It's a mile and a half, and maybe wow. it's. Wow. That's not that far, at, uh, Dave. Dave. Come on. It is for Dave. Come on. It's, pro- I mean, it's probably good for how me far too. should the dog walk? And, and Dave is the question. Yeah. <laughs> and it's really not that much exercise when we do it for the dog. It, they stretch their legs. It's more for us. If we want the dog to get exercise, I throw the ball for my dog for exercise in the backyard. Okay. So I can throw the ball ten times when I get home from work, and he's exhausted. All you know, right. It's like a seventy-five yard throw with a rope, and a, you know I can really whip it out there far. Right. So he's out there back and forth, and that's he's had All his right. exercise for the day. So and Jess very helpfully points out. Uh, the QuirkyDog.com goes nowhere. It's the QuirkyDogPodcast.com. Ah, the Quirky Dog Podcast. This is why we have Jess around. There we go. Don't ask she's me for f- information. She's a fact checker. Well, In fact, on the sh- on our podcast, I usually say all the wrong stuff, and then she straightens it out. <laughs> there we go. Which is and, true. And it does sink in true. more with the listener. Yes. They hear it, and then someone else says, disregard all of that. So it's, you're the Barry Stein of that yeah. podcast. <laughs> <laughs> now, and, it's a great and, show, so catch the know, Quirky Dog. Also, for people that would like to support the Quirky Dog podcast, they can go to the quirkydogpodcast.com slash support. There we go. Mm. Please do that. But at least go check it out and it's subscribe. subscribe. Let's we, see some subscribe numbers. We got a yeah. lot of people out here. If you got a dog, even if you don't, you're thinking about getting a dog, go there and uh, subscribe. You can always yeah. email us and we can give you tips and help you with any problems you're having in your with your dog. Great show. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Thanks for having me. I oh, appreciate oh, it. Love having you. Next week, it's alcohol and cigars. Do they really mix Barry says, yeah, scotch and cigars, uh, not the way you're thinking. We're going to get into a cigar with that. It's in the care package. There's no band on it. We'll, we'll explain that cigar to you. But until then, you've been listening to The Cigar Authority on the United Podcast Network. And you may have actually learned something today, which will make you The Cigar Authority.
The views and opinions expressed by the hosts, guests, or callers of this program do not necessarily reflect the opinions of the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe, the United Podcast Network, its partners or affiliates.